They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Generation X Gaming. I'm your host, Thirty and Still Gaming. Me, uh, Thirty and Still Gaming, and joining me this week is again Say No to Rage and Sergeant McCluskey. How's it going, guys? What is up? Going great. Thanks for having me. So, real quick, before we uh, we get into uh, too much of the news and stuff, I have a quick, just a little announcement that I'm doing on my channel. Um, doing a little get uh, giveaway. It's called the Star Wars Battlefront hype giveaway and what we're doing on it is basically oh my kids screaming in the background love it um basically what it is is if uh the funko pops i don't know if you guys know what these are wow what's happening to my uh my thing is there? it a blow is it a blow pop there we go so star wars battlefront hype giveaway basically the way you enter is um all you have to do is follow me on twitch twitter and youtube and uh, to get more entries, all you have to do is watch me live when I stream every night from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. And you get Lurker Coins. And Lurker Coins, you get one every minute that you're in my chat. And you can turn those in to get more entries into the actual giveaway. So that's it. Real real fast. Uh, nothing too, too complicated for everybody. Um, yeah. So let's get, into, uh, let's get into the news. We've all been playing Destiny, so we don't have to – we can just skip – skip that right because no one else is playing any other games um last week me and sarge both played uh battlefront uh the beta which went pretty well um it's the biggest beta ever released for ea so i think there was over nine million people that played so that's pretty impressive um so let's just jump right into the news um the first story that we have is um the swatter we had a swatter that was um was pegged and uh, sentenced, and it's the first person to make an example of basically um, for you know the people doing swatting that think it's a joke, um, but it's not. It's it's definitely not a joke. Um, it's it's a it's a hard crime. You know, screwing with somebody's. Uh, I remember someone got held to gunpoint, and their little brother was like r- ten feet away. You know, that could have that could have ended up terrible, terrible. Um, so. What do you guys feel about this? Um, the guy's name is Matt Matthew Tolens, a 22-year-old from Connecticut, and he's the one that they're making an example of. Um, I, I feel like this is like the uh, ancient times, like uh, Caesar's type of thing, thumbs up or thumbs down. There's nothing else. There's no in-between here that swift justice needed to be taking place. Otherwise, if it's not done this way, other people will do it. You need to have somebody made an example of. It's, it's harsh, but I'm sorry. If you're going to act that way, you got to go. That's this is you can't you can't be lenient on stuff like that because it's it's involving too many people's safety. Yeah, anything anything can happen during a raid. Anybody can shoot a gun accidentally. Something can happen bad. It just it's just it's bad news all around. Yeah, I mean, as someone who you know leans libertarian, I'm actually kind of concerned how easy it is to pull this off. Like 
why is it so easy? All you need is a person is address to do this. I right. mean, it's a form of terrorism. I mean, if we want to call it what it is, like it's essentially what you're doing is you're you're, you're terrorizing and harassing another person via the police uh, and costing lots of money and potentially lot more importantly loss of life. I mean, it, it is very easy for accidents to happen. I mean, jumpy trigger fingers. Who know who knows what they're told before they go in? In it's like, um, and the thing is, is that. I just don't think kids understand the ramifications of what they're doing online. Like, if as if you were to get on the phone and threaten and say you're gonna, you know, you're gonna kill someone or a political figure or something like that, how serious that would be. I think they just think it's a joke. Like they're just harassing a kid at school, you know, right. you know, throwing food at him. I think in their mind that's how that's how small it is. It's like their time to shine. And I'm glad that this has happened. Hopefully, it'll scare some kids away from it. I had somebody jokingly threaten me the other day in my chat, and I mean, I screenshotted it. We we reported them, and I mean, the account was move within minutes the admins and twitch act pretty fast right those kind of things take place so yeah it's not funny at all yeah i just don't i don't get it right i mean people play pranks on each other you know like i don't know whoopee cushion you know saran wrap around toilet those things are funny right but what's the joke here especially since majority of the time you don't even see it happening right i mean very very few even if you could see it happening it's not funny it's not it's not a funny thing um it's a dick move in every single way shape or form and uh if you are a person that goes oh well that's that's hilarious i would do that um you're an evil person an evil person and you need to be dealt with personally that's what i that's what i think so that's real quick we just wanted to bring that story up to bring it to the the forefront here uh, into the light that if you are going to or you are planning on even joking about swatting somebody um it's a federal offense and you're you're going to go to jail for it so uh there's that he's off on the he's off on the rage for no reason right 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 so let's go let's talk about uh just battlefront in general um last week battlefront beta came out um I know Lono, you didn't get you didn't get to <clears throat> indulge in the actual thing. Did you watch anyone play it? I I did. I watched one of the one of the top. I just clicked on it. I was one of the the bad Twitch viewers. I went to one of the top streams and just like clicked like, oh, what's what's it look like? And watch for a little bit. You know, I, I I my concern is is not in the quality of the game. My concern's always with this. Same with Battlefield is is how is the community going to interact with the content? And so what I saw was people not going for objectives and going for kills and spawn trapping. And so I, that's a big concern because the community can really make or break this game, I think. And that's going to be unfortunate because I'm anxious to play it. From what I saw, it just looked phenomenal. People were complaining about the graphics and stuff on the Xbox. I I think people are just willfully in a state of displeasure with gaming. They're just like, I'm unhappy. I don't care what the game is or what it offers. I'm just, I'm, I'm choosing to be unhappy. We're, so we're, we're going to talk about that later on another yeah. topic. Yeah. Well, wow. Sorry. I don't want to get ahead of it. So no, I, no, I'm anxious. Absolutely. I'm anxious, but the other thing you mentioned that we're going to talk about has me even more concerned. So I want to hear what you guys think. Cause you got to play it. Okay. Go ahead, Sarge. Well, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I, I don't want to be called the star Wars fanboy, but I've been alive and conscience of all the movies that have ever been made. So I'm into it regardless because I like to be part of those battles. When the first one came out and they put me in the Battle of Hoth, okay, honestly, I had goosebumps when I played because I was actually able to live out the fantasy of actually being at that battle. And when I saw the movie in 1980, I was only like seven or eight years old, okay? So 
to me, that's gold. Now you're giving me another version of it, and it looks so amazing. It looked like they spent a lot of time on it. The, the haters with this whole reskin thing and battlefield, I don't care. Okay, it they took the time and they made it look amazing. It looks amazing. I like like I said before, first ten minutes, never fired the gun. Okay, walked around. I walked to the edges of the map. I looked at everything possible. I looked at all the things that were already down and smoldering, it, and it's just awesome. Okay, now the playability, the way it looks, I totally agree with Lono. I think the beta came out, and I think they were really what they were testing was how the servers could handle it and see how the gameplay was. And I didn't find a lot of problems with all the login thing. I think what it happened was is you couldn't, you can't get in with a group still, and I don't get it. It, it 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 stops it stops the momentum like you're excited you got five guys in a room we're gonna go in and we're gonna play the empire like th- that's that's the hype you get in you gotta go and let's go let's let's go instant action and it's still this hunky clunky why can't we get together in a squad it's not a squad we have to be in party chat there's no in-game chat which is the next topic it, it but all around it is what it is people are complaining because it isn't what they wanted but Battlefront wasn't what they wanted. It's not the same thing. It's not a single-player game. There was never a single-player campaign in the beginning. You, it, what you guys called a single-player campaign was just something to do when you weren't online shooting other people. Yeah, but even... It made it, it, made it look like you were in a giant battle because there was a bunch of drones running around, and they called that a single-player. It wasn't a true campaign, like uh, Forces Unleashed, like that. DICE yeah. doesn't make single-player campaigns. Okay. Even when they did, they though, did who kinda, played it? They just went straight to multiplayer. That's you know what, what I mean? Saying. That's why they, they took it out, and now people are like, well, why didn't they put a single-player mode in? Because 92% of the people don't ever play the single-player one. You know what I mean? So It's not. It's really not meant for that. It's meant to be... It, 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 Battlefront Star Wars is always meant to be a quick-style, arcade shooter that you immerse yourself in the Star Wars universe and you just have fun with each other. You just, you get in there, you're a hero, I'm a badass, and then you know, I'm, I'm getting killed and somebody else is the hero. And then as the game progresses, when you have people that really want to play the game re- the real way, as we say, it, you'll have the strategy where people are taking a point and holding it or people are using vehicles for specific purposes. You'll see when you play certain games that people start to do these kind of things, but there will be a breakdown. There always is a breakdown where if the spawns are not right, or if the weapon selection is OP on one side, you know, for, first and foremost, when the game first came out, they, everyone was crying. It's too one-sided. The Empire is winning all the time. Okay? Understandable. I played it through. I totally got it. However, number one, that battle was never won by the Rebels. Right. You can't take a, a set theme and decide you want to play balance it, when in reality, the reality is they got stomped on. The whole point was to escape and get the hell out of there because they were going to get stomped on. So you want to make that into some kind of balancing match. Now... The minute everyone started figuring out how to take down an AT-AT, the minute they started figuring out, hang on to the orbital, hang on to the orbital strike, don't use it. Uh, hang on to the smart rockets, don't use it. And then as soon as the shields go down on the AT-AT, everyone unleashes and the AT-AT goes down like three seconds. Now all of a sudden it's totally opposite in the way right now. All of a sudden the rebels can win really quick. Well, why? Because they were able to figure out what to do in order to win. So a one-sided battle miraculously all of a sudden changes to the other side within a day, but everyone's still bitching. It's like it's not meant to be like battlefield where everything's equal. The map is square. We right. start in this corner, start in that corner. Everyone has equal amounts of part, parts to hide behind. Everyone worries about balancing issues. The balancing issue is: Does the game have longevity in its current state to keep me occupied? Right. Okay. 
Or is it just a game you turn in every once in a while, flip it on, have some fun in some maps, and then I play something else? That's what that game is. It's not meant to be, I'm going to grind out 700 hours and level up my dude. Yeah, it's, it's meant to be it's a not destiny. fun in and out. Right. That's it's, what it, it's supposed to be. It's not an MMO. It's not Destiny. Um, I said this on Sovereign's uh, podcast on Sunday that... I believe that it's it's going to be super huge, obviously, because it's Star Wars. I mean, 9 million people played the beta, right? So um, that's huge numbers for anything. Okay, 9 million people. It, it, the longevity is going to be there. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to die off a little bit. It's going to be super popular when it comes out next month on the 17th for about two weeks, right? Then it's going to take a big nosedive. Then it's going to slowly go back up again because of Christmas. Everyone's going to be getting it for Christmas gifts and stuff like that. And then it'll last to about... I want to say mid-January, February, because they're going to release the the Jakku maps for everybody. Um, so that's an extra map or two, whatever they're going to put, uh, another planet that people can play on. Um, and I think the Star Wars fan base it, in general, I mean, look up Battlefield 4, right? Um, you can still go into the, the servers and they're packed. And the game's two years <laughs> old, and it's still it's still got hardcore people that are ready to play it at any time, right? There's never waiting for a long period of time. We're, let's look at Destiny. Destiny is popular right now sometimes you want to play a certain mode inside destiny you're waiting for a couple of minutes just to get 12 people to join right yeah. but if you go to if you go to battlefield 4 you can get in with 60 people and get into a map and there's there's people there so i believe that the the fan base of dice the fan base of star wars combined will give this game longevity uh as far as that now as far as the beta goes there was a couple of things that you already you, you hit on where the spawn points were horrendous once you pass the first checkpoint right once those adats pass that first checkpoint if you're if you're on the uh, imperials and you spawned in you would spawn in in the second stage well rebels also are like right there so there was a time that i i came in as like luke skywalker and the imperials were right on me same as darth vader as soon as i spawned in as darth vader i had six rebels around me they annihilated me right even as me deflecting as much as i could so there there was those issues and that's what the bait is for right you would hope that they would see this and change it as fast as they can um a couple of op things was uh the tie interceptor was the most overpowered uh, air vehicle in the sky and i didn't uh fly that much and i'm not a very good flyer but when I do, I choose TIE Interceptor. Um, so th there was just parts like that. Um, and then when I was playing the single-player co-op mode, um, Stormtroopers, we all know, have really bad aim. Okay? Um, this game took it to the next level. Like, I could literally stand right in front of the Stormtrooper, and he'd be missing me for a good three minutes. <laughs> At one point, he actually just gave up. <laughs> okay, and ran behind a rock, and there's other people that have videos of this on YouTube. Okay, so they're AI and stuff, um, and I, tune, tune it up a little bit. Stormtroopers can shoot. They, I'm three feet from the guy, and he, he was missing me. I was laughing hysterically. Okay, so there's there's stuff like that that needs to get uh, tweaked and fixed, and I believe they'll do it if it takes them two years like they did for Battlefield 4, but they, they will do it, right? So... Yeah, um, at, yeah at, but at some point. we all like Battlefield 4 now after that last huge patch went through, right? We all agreed on that, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the game that was supposed to come out originally, but I don't like that kind of trend, but so please continue. Here's another topic of Battlefront while we're here. Okay, they released. Now, people are a little confused and a little bit upset about this. Um, I forget the woman's name. She's one of the head people for DICE. She said that the DLC would be free, and she was just talking about the Jakku map 
right? If you pre-ordered it, you would get the Jakku map. Uh, Jakku map. Yeah, um, Jakku. And then it would be released for everybody else for free at the end of the year, in the beginning of the new year. People didn't hear that, right? And they thought that all DLC was free, okay? So when uh, DICE announced the season pass for $50, now 50 bucks is pretty steep for, for season pass and DLC. Um, God knows what they're putting in it, but that's the price point, right? So $50 for the season pass, and that gets you all the release that they do for the, for the remainder of the year. What do you guys think as far as too high they're out of their mind what it's do, all what you, you guys think because i'm gonna go off because if you think about it hold on before you answer one. that question remember destiny all goes back to destiny on this show okay destiny was 40 yeah. bucks basically for the season pass right and then you had to pay an additional 40 dollars for the new just the single handed uh 2.0 that came out so go ahead yeah, I mean, most and when a lot of season passes give you that ten dollars off. So I think if you pre-order Destiny season pass, it was thirty instead of piecemealing it for twenty for each DLC. Right. But you I mean basically, yeah, it was forty for those two DLCs, which were incredibly meager when compared for the forty dollars for Taken King. And I think this is where it's getting really difficult. I think to quantify video games because it's like, well, you pay sixty dollars for the game, but then you turn around and they're asking for fifty. For a season pass. Now, if they inject the level of content we got in Taken King to where it's almost like a, a sequel within the game, then I would say maybe 50 is still too high. It should be maybe 40. But, I mean, I just can't see a game that is strictly PvP with some light-hearted co-op. I mean, I've not played it, but it didn't look like it was all that in-depth and dynamic. I just don't understand to what level you can add content to warrant a $50 price point. I mean, you're going to add maps, but there aren't that many more vehicles or weapons in the Star Wars universe. Right. So we're talking about maps. So $50 worth of maps. And I think in the PvP realm, it doesn't matter how many maps you throw at me. If the experience isn't changing, just the environment, it's going to be very difficult to make that alluring to, to buyers. Because it's like, well, if I'm basically having the same experience, but now I'm on you know a completely different planet or world am i going to spend 50 dollars for that the value has to be there so they're really going to have to give i think detailed information as to why because with the taken king i'm really disappointed that they never once just said what we were going to get because i really feel like they delivered a mountain and it's like why don't you just think think and tell us here's our estimates for you know playtime of one character through all new quest lines and i think everybody would have just shut up and be like wow that sounds great so i think they need to do the same thing we need details or I can't see it selling that well. That's a very, very expensive expansion. That's like another game. Right. Now, before you answer, Sarge, I, Stewie in chat says 110 for one game. Think about it, Stewie. Um, I'm 120 into Destiny. This is one game. Now, if you think about it, one game, yeah, they're coming out with new parts of the game, but it's still one game going over 10 years. So you're going to spend a lot more than 110 on one game. Just uh, yeah. think that. Go ahead, Sarge. Well, before Sarge nope. goes, though, for, for comparison on what you just said... I feel like Destiny's just disguising a monthly subscription fee. Of I think course. with a game like Battlefront, the difficulty is, are you really going to want to play it long enough to warrant that level of price point that you're basically paying a subscription fee for a PvP game? It just doesn't seem to add up to me at all. So I think you're right. I think it is a question of, do you want to spend that much money on a game? And I think you right. have to say, for a game like Destiny, yes, because I'm getting such a regular, like, access to something to do i just can't see playing a pvp game that much agreed 
the the juggle that we are now in, okay, because of all the competition for the games that are coming out. When a game comes out, it's hot when it comes out, and they're in the I would not twenty not twenty years ago, a DLC was meant for you to to rehash and come back to a game in the middle of a maybe a dry spell that another game was coming out, but you have, you had some more content to do. Okay, that was the original reason of DLC to make the game longer. All right, new content for a game that you've already played. Now, because of the high competition of what's going on, and look at all the top AAA games titles, they want the money all up front right now while the game is hot. That is why they do what they do. They know that a Star Wars fan, okay, this is who they're going for because a normal person who doesn't like Star Wars that much as you know is not paying fifty dollars. However. If I gave you an R2-D2 teaspoon with every purchase, they're going to get the $50, uh, the DLC. That's what they're going to do because they want it right then and now. They know they don't have to worry about it at that point, and they know that I get all the DLC. It doesn't matter, and I've saved whatever money. Now, in my eyes, I don't care about buying all the DLC up front. I, I, I get them as they come depending on if it's good or not, right? To me, okay, saving $10 over a year is not not exciting. It doesn't mean anything to me. It, if I'm saving ten dollars, what am I saving? Ten, fifteen dollars if I bought it separately or if I bought it all together. Okay, so right. the game is money up front right now. So if I get the money for Battlefront and it's all DLCs all at once, boom, hundred and ten dollars. They have that revenue. They can say whatever they want at the end of the year. Everything's great. Game sales are up. They can do whatever they want because everything was purchased right then and there. If you wait, then those sales can't be counted till next quarter, next financial quarter. Or next financial year, because the financial year stops, I think, what is it, the, 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 in November or October. The, 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 the actual year for finances start, Christmas season starts it and it goes a roll around. And it's not enough, it's not like inside the real year. So what we're dealing with is people trying to release as much content as possible and want the money up front. Witcher, Witcher did it. Uh, Destiny did it. Every AAA title, season pass, season pass, season pass. Uh, Border, uh, Borderlands 2 did it. I think Borderlands 2 was like, wasn't like one of the first ones to do like, what is truly called a season pass like we're coming out with x number of titles yeah like i think they were like one of the first ones to actually do it there might have been some other things that were out there but that's what we're dealing with and so now the gamer has to be educated enough to decide whether or not my money spent now is money worth it like you said before lono is is it quantified can i quantify the entertainment value and this can lead into another topic which i think we can hit on a little bit but what is it you are actually looking for in a game. What is it that you think that your money is supposed to be worthwhile? Why the hatred towards a game company whose sole purpose is to sell? That's their purpose, is to sell you as much product as possible. Your job is to selectively buy or not buy. Their job is to make you want to buy it. They're doing their job. Your job is to actually analyze the information and make an educated uh, decision on whether or not I want to spend this money up now. Now, I always go back to how much is anything worth as far as entertainment value is concerned. Well, I go to, I go to a movie. The movie's going to cost me $10, $12, $15, and that's two hours of entertainment, right? right. You're considering that as entertainment. So for $60, okay, or, or any kind of event that you do is to a couple hours here or there, how much does it cost you? So what do you want for your 60 What's going to make you happy? I mean, I think from a lot of the games that we see, I, I think that the hate goes out too quickly. I mean, look at Metal Gear. Look at Borderlands 2. Look at, 
you know, Uncharted. Look at look at some of these games. Look at look at the time spent and what it looks like and immerses you into the game. And immediately after the game comes out, like three weeks in, somebody critiques whatever and they're automatically hating on whatever it is not worth the money. Well, what is it you're looking for? Well, I want to do a poll. Here, what, are here. We lo- what are you looking for? Let me let me interrupt you for a second. Um, Witcher 3 just came out with DLC for $10. Okay. And that puts an additional, I think, 12 hours of main story in the game and then non-main story i believe it's 20 to 40 hours if you do all the side quests and stuff like that so you have companies and we the people the gamers are to blame for these season passes we the people are to blame for the pre-orders that we get pissed off that the companies are doing this right and they get what the season passes and the majority if there's a small percentage let's just say 30% 30% of the gaming population gets the pre-orders. 30% of these people buy the DLC. Those people are the ones are the ones making it harder for the rest of us, okay? Like if gas prices are too high, people, okay? Just don't go get gas for one day, everybody, and you will see those gas prices drop dramatically, okay? That's how it works. Same with games. If we show them if we show the publishers and stuff that we don't want these season passes like this anymore, we don't want these pre-orders anymore, they will change it. But because there's people out there that want the pre-orders because they give an extra gun or whatever. I mean, hell, I waited for Battlefield 4's DLC recently that go on sale. It's been out for two years. I paid $30 for it, where some people paid 60 and more when they meal-pieced it together. Okay, so... Personally, for me, this Battlefront, to go back to the Battlefront uh, topic, um, I'm not going to buy the season pass, okay? I'm going to wait until summertime or Christmas time next year when they go, hey, um, Star Wars new movie's coming out. By the way, here's the uh, the sale on Battlefront uh, you know, DLC for $30 for everything or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So that's personally my opinion on that. The people bitch about what their money's worth, but at the same time, they take certain money and just throw it at things. Do do you know what I mean? So there's like a a catch-22. The people that bitch are the same people that are causing the problem. Yeah, well, I I do think, though, that we are in a a transition because if you look at what happened with Deus Ex, that pre-order nonsense got completely reversed. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was horrible. It was like if enough people pre-order, we're going to add more stuff to the pre-order bonuses. It's like a Kickstarter thing? It was so stupid, yeah, and the the, the response was so ravenously negative. They actually are like, nope, if you pre-order, you get every single piece that we were – and there was also this potential of if you got to phase two, you had to choose between like a comic book and something else. You didn't get both of them. Them. So there was just this whole like, why can't you just give all of it to us? A lot of it was just digital content. So I think gamers are getting a little more wise and speaking out again once they think is bad. And to defend Witcher 3 a little bit, CD Projekt Red said before their game came out, if you're on the fence, don't buy the DLC. Don't buy the season pass. Like some of their communication was so refreshing and they were allowed to have that sort of candid um, disposition because they self-published the Witcher 3. So they're not answering to an Activision or right. you know an EA or some publisher that's kind of barking at them to do stupid pre-order bonuses. Kind of how we speculated with Destiny that the Suros pre-order bonuses were suddenly thrown in because we think Activision was like, hey, you need to do a pre-order bonus because pre-order forecasts aren't where they need to be. Right. And so I, I think we are in a transitional phase though where people are starting to get a little bit more, okay, you're not, you know, burn me once you know, shame on you, burn me 15 different times on 15 different games, then I'm the idiot. So I think gamers are getting a little more hip. I also think that the 
the incessant hating and negativity, I do think we're in that phase of ga- the, the, the history of gaming where we're not going to every time we sit down be wowed. And I think we grew up feeling that. Like the first time you played Goldeneye, you compare that to the first time you played Quake, and then you compare that to the first time you played Gears of War. There was always this amazing ratcheting up of the experience. So you you would put up with maybe more of the problems or the downsides because the experience was just overwhelming. It's like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever done. Well, that doesn't happen now. You've played Call of Duty 10 different times. You have played Battlefield how many different times. And the graphics being increased and the resolution being increased only adds to the experience a little bit. And so I think... We're in sort of this, the honeymoon's over, gaming innovation needs to really get creative. And I think we're seeing that, but I also think you're seeing very, very, a small number of new IPs and a lot of dialed in big franchises because publishers are risk averse and they're going to make a lot of money on them. So we're, we're in this weird phase where people are becoming very cynical and I think the cynicism can help curb down the pre-order nonsense, but I think it can also add to the unwarranted hate on games that probably deserve more praise than they get, like Mad Max. That was one of the games right. I really defended. All right, real quick, to go back on your on the Witcher thing that you were talking about, this is how cool the company is, okay? With the patch they just put in the game with the DLC, there was a glitch in Witcher 3 where people were glitching and getting a ton of money, okay? So what they did in this DLC, they put a tax guy in, and this tax guy comes up to you in-game and says, I know what you did, okay, and confronts you on your glitchingness, okay, of how you got it. And they know exactly how you got it because the actual NPC comes up to you and says, I know this is your unclaimed taxes. This is what you do. Now, you don't have to pay, okay, but he, it comes up to you, okay. And if you agree to the terms and pay the lump sum, they give you a reward. So I think that is a nice, I mean, you can see how cool they are. Okay, like Lono said, they they said it out very front. admirable. Right, so I think that's cool. That's awesome. Right, so I I think that's a very interesting, interesting thing that they did. So that's, well, that's rolling with the punch. That's what exactly absolutely. what that is. Absolutely, they should learn. Other companies should learn from what they just did. Um, what were you gonna say, Sarge? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, you didn't interrupt me. Uh, what, what Lono said is, is, is spot on. It's 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 almost amazing uh, where we are as far as gaming is concerned. Now, a lot of you who are gamers now have no idea gaming back then, back the days of Atari and ColecoVision and whatnot, you have to understand, back when games were first coming out and all this new technology, or what they said was new talent technology back then, a game, a 2600 Atari game, which was could be played on anybody's phone or watch at this point, okay, right, right. was 60 and $70 back in 1980 and 1985, right. that, that period of time. Think about that for a moment and think about the inflation rate and try to figure out how much that game would be today, okay? We are paying for $60 games, which we all know went up because it used to be $40 and $50 games. That game would be about as much as an Xbox. Still, and it's still – we still have hate about how much a game is and what, what is it supposed to be worth to me. Uh, in my eyes, a person who enjoys a game either for the title of the game because you follow the franchise or it's just something that immerses you in a way that makes you feel like a kid again or just something, some cool factor that makes you want to play it, the price tag to you is irrelevant. Right. It doesn't matter, okay? The other people who say the game isn't worth something to them are the ones that are expecting some kind of entertainment but are not receiving it for their dollar amount, right? They believe that this game should do this for me, and it's not. Well, you don't know nothing about the game. Maybe you're not into that kind of game. Maybe you're not into that kind of multiplayer thing. But this is the mentality we're battling with. And it's more, it's more um, 
it, it's it's more prevalent now because the communication now is instantaneous. Okay, a review for a game before had to come out in a magazine. Yeah. Okay. You had to wait a month. Nintendo Power, Game Informer. Yeah, yeah, all those magazines. You had to wait a month before the game would come out. Nobody waited a month for a review to buy a game. When the game was out, you looked at the cover box or you heard someone talk about it in three seconds. You were like either mommy, mommy, or I'm going to the bank and cash a check. I'm getting this game today. Right. Especially it happened with all the sports games. All right. Never oh, I, used to love, I used to love going through the magazines and looking at all the screenshots they had of the game. It was awesome. It was that awesome. That was it. You saw a screenshot in the magazine. Now, yep. now we have instantaneous, instant, okay? Game comes out, and it's even pre-released now to the to the to Twitch streamers and the and the heavy guys yep. who can actually stream a game. You can find out about the game the same day, watch it, understand it, explain it to me, and then someone goes out and buys it, and we're still on the hate train. Yeah, they I still they're like I surprised about it. Yeah, I don't get it. It, it. It seems a little disheartening to think that something that's supposed to be so treasured as a piece of art, someone's someone's due diligence and passion for something that they believed in. Okay. And a publisher comes and says, we like your idea. We're going to publish this. And nobody looks at it that way anymore. It's all about what is it doing for me? It's not enjoyed anymore. And I think that we need to go back. And I think, uh, I think what's going to happen is because of the risk that you were talking about before, Lono, and how much risk is in these AAA titles now, I think we're going to get a resurgence of indie games yep. where people are going We've to step back. We've already seen it. We've already started seeing right? it. They're going to step back and they're going to start buying indie games again because you're looking for that little flame of hope, that little magic. You're looking for that, that Mario. Somebody, that somebody wanted to make. And let me see what these guys can do. And let them blow up and become the next Bungie or let them blow up and become the next Dice. Instead of giving all our money to the same four or five publishers because we're expecting something right. magical. But really, we, it's, a, it's a demand. It's not, a, yeah. it's not an enjoyment. If okay. This is why I like people that play PC MMOs, okay? These are the people that are still grounded to Earth because they love their MMO, right? Now, there's a lot of MMOs out there that are free to play, right? And then you pay whatever you want for, you know, uh, cosmetic purposes, nothing for, you know, battle purposes. Um, but as far as MMOs go, people are still playing World of Warcraft. I th and It's unbelievable. Right? I mean, it's been around it's for 10, 12 years, 11 years, I think now. and. They they used to pay a monthly. They just went free to play, I believe, recently, didn't it? World of Warcraft. Um, I, I don't know. The but fact. up until ten years, up until a couple months ago, for ten years, you were paying fifteen dollars a month for twelve months. Plus, you paid forty dollars for each expansion that came out. So those people didn't care because they enjoyed their game. They loved their game. They loved their raids. They loved that stuff. Here we go. Going back to Destiny, right? People bitch. Because they had to pay the, the $15 or $20 for the DLC, and it only gave them a couple... But it did give them more hours of gameplay, even though it sucked. It, it was more hours if you played with all three characters and stuff like that, and that's what they were doing, right? They were comparing it to an MMO on a PC, but it's for the console. Now, the people that play console games, yes, some of them play PC as well, but PCs are PC users, you know... PC is the master race, right? Isn't that right, Fist? Okay, so Fist plays a lot on, on, on Borderlands, okay, on the PC, okay? He also plays consoles, but a lot of people play on PCs and they don't play consoles, okay? It's the console crew, 
as I put them, and I'm putting them in a very generalistic topic, okay, are the people that are the brats, that are the late gamers that came in because it's the cool thing to do now, to play games, right? If you're playing games on your cell phone, if you're playing games on the PC, when you go to school or you're at work and someone goes, hey, I played Destiny last night. Did you play Destiny? I don't even know what Destiny is. Oh, you should go watch this guy on Twitch. He's this person. They go watch it. They go, oh, that looks seems pretty cool. Then they get the game. They have no idea what they're doing. They start playing the game. They start getting immersed in the game. And then the bandwagon forms. They're like, oh, I'm not paying for emotes. And they're like, well, I'm not going to pay for emotes either. They don't even know what's going on, but they just want to be a part of the community, right? They just want to be a part of the, the hate squad or the fun squad or whatever squad it is. Pick what side of the team you're on, Rebels, Imperials, you know, uh, whatever. But that's what it is. PCs, P PC players still get it. They'll pay as much as they want for a game that they'd love to play. Look at Star Citizen. It's not even out yet. People paid thousands of dollars to get a fake ship in a game that's not even out yet. And they're okay with it for most part, Okay. People on the console, they pay $20, and they're like, ah, oh, fuck you, Bungie, or <laughs> fuck you, Activision, because they get so upset at the companies because they're charging $20. If you don't like something, just don't pay for it and wait. Be patient, okay? That's all I have to say. And since I brought into the, the microtransactions, let's, let's slide right into that next topic of uh, the emotes that just came out for Destiny. Okay. Um, there's not really other stories. I can get those later. We'll go right into, uh, into Destiny right now. So... What do you guys think uh, of the emotes they 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 released? I know Lono, you you bought some, right? I haven't purchased any myself yet. I I bought uh, I bought one. Okay. I bought the the Carlton, and why I had to buy, I had to put in however much money because they gave you enough silver for two for, like, cheap all ones. the basic ones. right right. But then if you wanted the really cool one, which was the Carlton, or I right. think the other one was the slow clap, you had to you had to shell out some money. Um, and so that was the only one I bought. Now, I think everybody's hoping they'll let us kind of remap all of our responses so that you can, if you buy more than one, you're not always swapping it out because you can only have the one custom. I actually have, I've got, I've, I recorded a video today. I'm, I'm going to get back into my YouTube. I had to take a break with my son being born, but I'm defending it and I'm probably going to surprise a lot of people because I've been pretty critical of Destiny up to this point and obviously Taken King came out and I've, I've been singing its praises for the most part. I still have gripes but i think this is the way to do it i, I with with all of these developers coming out and saying you know triple a games aren't profitable it just it doesn't work i i think what this creates is an economy in for developers that hasn't that doesn't really exist what happens is you get oh we'll get all this money from a publisher and that's where our money comes from so while they're working that's where the money comes from unlike let's say you make shoes while you're making shoes you're also selling shoes so there's this there's this money coming in the supply and demand is there and i think microtransactions can add that economy for a developer to then have money to do what they're promising which is a trickle of dlc and story expansions between now and the next game that aren't going to cost anything. Now, I, I don't know if Bungie's confirmed that officially, but that's kind of the rumor. They did. Um, they did officially say it. Yeah, they said that oh, it was so they did officially say it. Yeah, they it. said it was going to fund the that that section and DLC for this year basically will not cost anything. Right. And I think that that's the future for big AAA games is that you you have your big launch, you knock it out of the park, you get a huge fan base and then flood it with customization and fun stuff. It's a dollar, two dollars, whatever. As long as it's not game impacting, 
And because people are saying the same thing about Tomb Raider. Oh my gosh, look at all the microtransactions. Most of the stuff that I've looked at on the details of the new Tomb Raider, they are either shortcuts or customizations or extra challenges or goofy things. Yeah. And to me, that is completely fine because what you're doing is you're giving the player total optional freedom to add to their experience if, if they may. It's not necessary. It's not you don't need it. You don't need I don't need to be able to dance like Carlton from from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's just absolutely hilarious, and I right, have right. to have that. Like, it's just funny. Um, and now I know some people are probably going to say it's hypocritical to get really frustrated with Luke Smith saying, if I showed you these emotes, you'd throw money at the screen, and now everyone is. Right. I, I actually think my issue with Luke Smith in that interview was that that was a different category. That was a, that was a total bumble of the collector's edition. That was content that was directed at people who were already fans of the game and they were trying to do a cash grab. And I feel like they should have gave that digital content for free. I feel like the physical merchandise of the collector's edition was where that extra $20 was actually going. And I still think the way he handled that interview and the way they handled the collector's edition was atrocious. This to me is different. This is a new flavor in the game. Maybe shaders too eventually. Who knows? As long as it's not something earnable, I don't want somebody to be able to buy a shader from the raid because that's a badge of honor for me that I've got all the pieces and the shader. They don't don't do that. Don't take away from people that earn stuff. But if you're adding optional cosmetic, non-game impacting microtransactions, you literally have nothing to complain about. However, evolve I think is one of the reasons everybody's very ready to pounce when they see this happen because Evolve was criticized as a game that was too small for the $60 price point, right? When I played the beta, I said, this feels like an arcade game, 30 40 bucks, not 60 That game launches for $60, and on the launch date, they had $60 worth of microtransaction cosmetic things that you could buy for your character. The criticism then was... You've already been kind of told your game lacks sort of variety and this dynamic differences of experience and something that could have really added some shades and differences to the game experience you're now you you have ready on the launch date to sell and that just felt a little that just felt a little rotten I think to a lot of people so I I do think it's it's okay to be like wait a minute does this mean you're going to be selling strikes are you going to sell this are you going to sell that they've already said no they have no now they've used the phrase we have no plans so that's obviously them maybe hedging in case Activision says, no, you're going to. Right. But I don't think after the way that the collector's edition was handled, how the community responded, I don't think they're going to run the risk of upsetting everybody. Because if they're making buku bucks off the emotes, which I know they are, the development time for those has got to be small. They're not having to debug, test, or anything. Same with shaders or ships if they decide to sell those. That's easy money. That's that's profit. And you don't want to sour that and upset the community by being like, we're going to sell special edition nightfall strikes for five dollars it would it would not go over well i think the community has proven that you if you upset us it's going to go very bad for not just the pr but for the for the potential sales of whatever they're trying to sell i don't think that uh we should look down upon them for trying to make money outside of the them initial the initial release i mean once again they're a company their job is to make as much profit as they can it's a business but if you if you if you wrap the present up well and make me surprised to get it then it, it, it definitely will go over well. And, and I think that if this is the way the AAA titles will survive, if done correctly, and don't let it appear to be a cash grab, I, said, I think it, it, it will increase the longevity and the strength of the company. Because in case they have a soft release, and then it, maybe, they, maybe, they were, maybe they released it and, and it was too many games at it once, and you didn't find that game, it ends up being the lost gem that no one finds. A lot of times it happens. 
I, I think for one that um, Mad Max is one of those games where it's a rare gem, uh, and because other games were coming out around it, a lot of people didn't go out and purchase it. But now, if you've got microtransactions and things in that game as well, when you're when you're done with one game, you kind of oh, what, what's this? And get involved. It, it's it's just another way for them to solidify their, their spot. Yeah, well, it's just just another way to solidify. <laughs> no, I'm talking their about spot. the actual game involved. <laughs> it's. It, it's very listen. It's a very, uh, as Lono said, it's a very hard. These AAA games. It's a lot of it's a lot of development time. A lot of time that they they're playing on borrowed money, and they're hoping that their passion and their ideas are going to come to fruition, and the game is going to be great. And they're banking on it. <clears throat> That's a lot of money in the back end. You have to wait. You have to wait for that money. And so if they have a soft release and they don't have it uh, hit as hard as let's say Destiny did, a magic, an amazing job of marketing. If anyone wants to dispute that, oh, we yeah. can have that chat yeah. outside of this station because that would take another hour. Okay, but it's it's just amazing what they can do now. It's it's time to it's time to put down the pitchforks, okay, and actually just enjoy what it is you're doing. Like I, I'm a gamer. Okay, you can call me nerd or whatever you want to call me. I'm a gamer. I've been alive for every game system out and able and at the age to be able to play it. Okay, so to me, it's just bliss to me. I just wait for the next title come down. Sometimes I get mad. Sometimes I don't. But I'm interested to see what's next. What are you going to do? What are you going to show me? Like, just enjoy it. But when it gets too far down, the, when, it go, when, it, when you go down too far in the rabbit hole and you become cynical and you expect dollars for donuts, I need this many things for this many dollars and I need this many things. And when you start looking at it that way, you lose the fun of the whole reason why you bought the game in the first place. All right. And, and that's the sad. That's the sad part. So in the Bungie Weekly update this week, they talked about the files that question were actually first uncovered some time ago and they're talking about the people did de- some data mining right and they said that they found other things um that were going to cost money okay silver and Bungie said well no 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 these were things that were you know like the three of coins and the moldering shards and stuff were were for zerg this was never for silver um they they read it wrong i kind of think that Bungie's a little pissed that someone did the data mining first off Okay, and they're hiding a bit because they are going to charge you for other things. Don't think it's just emotes, okay? Because I guarantee you there's going to be collectible shaders that you have, right? You can get in-game now. And then there's going to be shaders that are badass-looking colored ones that they're going to charge you silver for, which I'm okay with. I'm not. This is not me going on a rant of saying that they can charge, but this is where it starts, okay? They see how many sales they do for emotes. They're going to put, like... There's, there's a shader for Lono for Say No to Rage that's in the game. But let's just say there wasn't, right? And you saw that red and black shader that you're like, man, those are my colors, right? I want that. And you'll yeah. spend 200, 300, 400 silver on get that shader. It will happen. Gun shaders will come in. People will do that. This is where they're going to do it, right? And this is just the first adaptation of the trial, okay? This is the emotes. They're going to put more emotes in. Okay, I'm not spending anything because I believe I'm going to wait till the Carlton goes on sale. Because first off, (laughs) okay, I think it's funny. I said on Twitter earlier, I said, I think it's funny that the dance is more popular than the actor who did it. And no one even knows what show it's from. Okay, (laughs) and I also said, I wonder if they show reruns in the Destiny universe of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So they know what the Carlton is anyway. So basically, this is their opening of the door. Okay, they're going to sell other shaders and they're going to be in your in your little kiosk there. You're going to scroll over. It's going to be section one, section two, section three, section four is going to be purchased ones. And they're going to show you which ones you can buy. Okay, and you're going to look and go, oh, my God, that's so badass looking. I want that one. And that's where they're going to get you which is fine, okay, 
cosmetic because it's just cosmetic and you have a hundred ones to pick from even though they're really ugly and they're like football team coordination and like gay superheroes okay but that's where they're going with okay they're gonna do gun shaders they're gonna do shaders they're gonna do hell i'm even gonna say they're gonna sell ships okay they're gonna sell ships because it's pointless anyway but they're gonna sell ships i yep. don't know if they'll go as far as selling buffs like sort of like the red bull code type stuff like that i don't know if they'll do that um they might i don't think they'll do it this year they might do it in like destiny year two or whatever that's that's my prediction and usually well, my predictions somebody, are pretty damn close somebody picked up on the fact that when interviewed about it luke smith avoided that topic like he wouldn't say whether or not they were going to or not give people shortcuts to leveling like you know it, it, to me at this point i mean destiny 2 would have to be a pretty big change I mean, obviously there will be a big change but i think that if you're going to give people shortcuts to leveling up that doesn't bother me so much. I mean, I know that impacts PvP a little bit because they can get a gun and level it up really fast. But, like, what? They, they they got the gun leveled up and saved themselves two hours? It's not going to make them right. better at PvP. or like It's not like you can't get the gun and do it yourself as well. And leveling up gear right now is lightning fast Super anyway fast. with synthesis and moats. So, to me... As long as it's not advantageous, if it's just a shortcut, let somebody rob themselves of the experience of playing the game. And here's something I've actually kind of admitted on stream recently. I don't know if I'm the best person to review the game anymore because I play such a disordinate amount of time compared to most gamers. If I was only able to sit down and play three or four hours a day, I think I would be a little bit more frustrated about it. I've heard that, you know, they talk about they're, they're nerfing some of the drop rates and things to try to slow it down a little bit. And I, I think if I was playing less time, that would frustrate me a little bit more. But when it's like when I've got eight hours or more to right. burn, that's me. It, yeah, it doesn't bo- it doesn't bother me. So that's why I think I'd be okay with maybe some of these purchases for shortcuts. But then I think I'm not objective in that reality because right. I'm the guy who can play long and earn it. So then the guy who can't feels like, well, now you're candy crushing me. You're making right, you're, you're punishing making the, me. Right? The, yeah, the natural path of success is so slow. You're incentivizing me spending money to, to get there quicker. You know what I'm saying? Like you're pitting the game against me so that I spend money. So I think this could get this could get really again split the community because you've got those people who play nonstop and like, what are you crying about? Just play, you'll get the stuff eventually. And then the other guys are like, I can only play for a couple hours a day. So I, no, I can't earn. The, it takes me too long. So I. I don't know. I, I think it's getting harder for me to, to be objective about the game because I do play it so much. It's hard to know what it's like to be on the – I don't like using the word casual, but it's the word we have, right? right. I, don't, I don't know what it's like being on the casual side of the fence because it's got to be slow. It's got to be slow. I completely agree with you. I'm not a casual gamer. Right. I destroy games by time. Yeah. I, I, if, I, if I'm off for two days in a row – Okay, and especially if it's raining and I can't do anything outside the house, I am immersed completely. And uh, excuse the language, but it's a Battlefield uh, Bad Company two uh, comment. You, you have your shit bucket. I, like you don't do anything. I'm in this room and I'm playing this game to the end. Okay, I'm going to do everything I can in this game. And there's only there's a few games you need a shit bucket for. Uh, Skyrim, Borderlands two. Uh, you know, there's there's certain <laughs> games you, you don't right. You don't leave the room. You just don't leave the room. Like you're disgusting. You're in a robe. You don't shave. Whatever, whatever. But but you're happy. See, that's the difference. I'm happy. I'm sitting in that room playing that game. I am happy as a pig in slop. Okay, that's the way we play. Okay, I'm not the guy who says, well, you know, I I bought the game. 
uh, I only played an hour of it, and then uh, I went on a four week business trip. And then, like you, like there's, that's not immersion. That's just a distraction. It's a completely different way of playing a game. So you need to have a separate channel for the casual gamer. Like, hey, everybody, it'd be like Bob Ross for video games. Okay, <laughs> it would be like it would be like he, he comes, like a guy comes on and says, "Hi, everybody. Uh, last week on um, Borderlands Two, uh, we finished the first level, uh, but not without getting a one grenade and a uh, awesome." I think uh, you found a niche, Sarge. Like, I think you should start a channel. What? Do this. This like, is what you should do. What? What are you talking about? Like, if I listen to that guy for five, I'm like, "What are you talking about, dude?" I'm like on boss sixteen. I've got rocket la- dual rocket launchers. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, I couldn't even. I couldn't even listen to that. Okay, I'm on a different planet than that person is. But I forget that those people exist. You are that kind of casual gamer. Well, casual gamer now, it's like 40 hours, right? That's that's a casual gamer. Okay, even though it's supposed to be like 15 to 20 hours as a casual gamer, and then if you're a pro gamer or whatever, a real hardcore gamer, you're, you're doing 40 hours. But now, because of Twitch, and everyone does has a Twitch channel, okay, people are playing 12, 10-hour days, six days a week. They're putting 60, 80 hours in. That's... That's a hardcore gamer now, and the people that are doing 40, 50 hours for casual gamers, which is I, I think is hilarious, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I, put, I put in four, four hours a day, and I have a kid to take care of, okay, at night. So six days – I actually play seven days a week, right? Four hours a day, seven days a week. I'm, I'm, I have a full-time job just playing a video game. You know what I mean? So it, the, the, the casual gamer, uh, hardcore gamer is very blurred right now um, as, as far as that goes. Yeah. Well, I think Paul Tassi said in one of his – he writes a lot about Destiny. He's great. Uh, he writes for Forbes. And he said Destiny is one of the most playable games he's ever played. And I think that's something that I kn- – I know that it starts to feel unrewarding, and so they have to make sure that the you know the four hours that you sit down and play, you feel like you got something accomplished, and it was you know you moved within the game world, you did something, so that way you have a sense of accomplishment, not like you just sat and was like just total futility for four hours. But then I think if that if that is in place, if the reward is there for the time investment, what a thing to be, what a, what a hobby to have. Like you can't you you can't most hobbies, whether it's fishing or hunting or even a sport you're limited by time constraints there's maybe there's not a basketball court in your neighborhood or it's not the right weather for fishing like to every day be able to sit down and do the thing that you love for four hours and be like well i it's taking too long to move in the game it's like what are you complaining about like what a great thing to have you know and you're you're not complaining uh 30 but i think people do they're oh, just no, like yeah, it's yeah. just it's just taking too long they just want to just ravenously rip through the game like all right i'm done where's and the then, next and one? then bitch about it right and then right. bitch about it these are the same people that yell at the microwave come on not, why do not, i have to wait 30 not, seconds for instant not, meal yeah it's not fast enough it's right. uh, they're ravenous absolutely absolutely so as far as the, the the next topic, um, let's let's talk about. I guess let's talk about the Iron Banner. I don't know if you've played any Iron Banner this week. I've played for the last couple of days. Um, the Iron Banner, the matchmaking is a little, little broke still. Um, I've entered multiple <laughs> games um, halfway through. That's the um, nicest way you can say yeah, it. Yeah, it is the nicest way. Um, I complained about it last week on the show uh, about just regular Crucible. Now, in the Bungie weekly update, they said that they are going to fix it. You should have fixed it before because it's been a problem in regular Crucible. So why wouldn't it be a problem in Iron Banner? If you go in by yourself, 
Um, if you're a one-person team and you just want to get into a game, you get thrown into the most shittiest games ever. And you always get thrown onto the losing team because no one quits the winning team, right? So someone will be losing, someone drops out, you get put into the game, you're down by 10,000 points, and you get mercy ruled. Or, you know, it's like four minutes left in the game, and you're just like, this is this is ridiculous, right? So that's completely another broke. Um, so that's what I have to say about that. As far as the Iron Banner goes... Um, I have to say I'm mistaken. So far, the Iron Banner hasn't been too much Titan-ridden um, where it's been broke as far as hammers. I mean, yeah, they're over overpowered. Um, I mean, there is a, a situation I had where the guy had like a sliver of health left. I mean, a sliver. Um, I popped my golden gun. I shot him. It didn't kill him. And by the time I was about to shoot him again, he already popped his hammer. He went full energy, okay, and then killed three of us around the area um, with one shot of a hammer. Um, I was like, uh, okay, so that's a little broke. So basically, um, they're obsolete on, on on dying, right? They can have a sliver, they can have a, a hair of health left, pop their super, and it gets filled up instantaneously, and they can go apeshit on you. Anybody else I, play any, I, any I, Iron Banner? I, 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 due to other people who've discussed this, I am abstained from Iron Banner. Please, Lono, take the sh- take the stage. No, he he's in raids. I know he didn't play. So uh, I- yeah, and the thing is, is that uh, whatever they're doing is messing with everything. I've had so much trouble since the Iron Banner with connections. People drop, nat type. I can't hear people. I've had more problems with connection since that that happened. So whatever they're doing, I mean, it's having a ripple effect in the game. It's making it uh, you know unstable. And I'm not surprised at all. I said when they, you know, we, we've got, they said in the notes before Taken King came out, we've got algorithms that we've worked on to make matchmaking faster, okay? And then the first week happened, and then the second week happened, and I was like, I wanted to play one Rift game to get the little checkbox on my map, like fill in the little box, and I, we couldn't get in a game. I was like, I can't, we can't get in a game. Like, nobody right. wants to play Rift. It's the new fun game, and I think that that's just a testament to the fact that Nobody PvP engagement still very very low, and whatever matchmaking they're using is is bad. It's not like I'm telling you that the the arrow, the endless night stalker thing, delaying trials. That people should probably be glad because trials is going to be even worse because of the whole if you're eight no we're going to try and match you with someone else who's eight no oh brother just just heaven help the guys wanting to play trials once it happens because it's going to be worse than Iron Banner. Here, here's my depiction on the screen right now. This is the hot stripper girlfriend um, of, uh, of Destiny. This is the girl we talk about every week. Um, as you can tell, she's super hot, and she's got all the faction <clears throat> tattoos and stuff all over her body. The stream's delayed. I was talking real serious and passionate, and you yeah. got that up. And I, and I, realize and I, and I, and I, I put that see. up. Yeah, yeah. Am I missing something? <laughs> this is a, this something? is a very laid back, laid back show there, Lono. I, I, I missed something, but, but I don't even see the picture. Where's the picture? It's at? it's up on the it's up on the stream right now. So this is this is <laughs> when we talk about destiny. This is this is destiny. <laughs> Uh, this is the oh, hot we have a picture. Stripper we got girlfriend. a picture. Oh, yeah. My yeah. Gosh. This is your oh, hot I, didn't, I don't see it. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lono. Like, oh, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. That's it's, that's that's so, fresh. Is she is she missing an eye? No, I mean, it's what? just you, you can't see it. It's there. It's there. Okay. She's got beautiful this, is, eyes. Is her hair also a beard at the same it time? It is. It's a beard. It's okay. it's the hair going around. See, there, there's her eye. 
Yeah. Listen, it's this, a rough sketch. This, it's a rough. Right, sketch. This is a begin. This this is what we get first. The DLC will make her look better. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah this is she's a work. This is she's a this work is in Destiny progress. Year One. She, right, she <laughs> this is a work in progress. She will come along. This is Destiny Year One. When she has Destiny Two Point she'll have an upgrade. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Man. <laughs> so okay no, so right. what was the topic that you wanted to talk to uh talk about sarge you brought up another another topic i think we we, we touched we, on we one did, we, yeah we did touch on it no actually we did touch on both of them one was the microtransactions and the other one was just like what is it the gamers are looking for and we we both touched on both of those it, it's it's going to be a slippery slope this holiday season will will probably set a standard uh for where games are going to go because they're going to see how uh, who buys the games initially when the when the Christmas rush comes? Which parents are buying what games, and the, if microtransactions are actually working? Like, or right. who are the core gamers that are in game right now? The ones buying the microtransactions, or is it going to be the ones that buy the game for Christmas and then somewhere near you know January and February, where the kids who have the games are their parents' credit cards being used? Like that kind of income, as opposed to the, the hardcore gamers. The, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, it's, to say none, to say the least. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see the next couple games that come out. I I mean uh, Halo Five. Um, everyone's you know foaming at the mouth, and you know the ones who are foaming at the mouth are all the Halo original players. Right. Whereas everybody else is look is strictly looking for what did they do for Halo Five PvP. That's all that's on their mind. They don't care what Master Chief is doing. All they're interested in is what's going on with the PvP. Because remember, Halo was the original standard set for what PvP should be and and act like online. And we all took it for granted, but it, it really did work well. It really did. For the time period that came out, the original Halo series, PvP and the way that game run, was, was that was the standard. And you know, Battlefield kind of took, you know, the original Battlefield and Call of Duty took from them. And then they started lagging a little bit, you know. They didn't, the net code wasn't running well, a lot of clipping, a lot of, you know, glitching out on the maps. And it, I, don't know, I don't know whether the hardware wasn't up to standard. But we're in this little we're in this little juggle again about is the is a game that's supposed to be PvP is it meaty is it does it have substance is it playable they is haven't it make, they haven't taken PvP it, does seriously it it, does it make it competitive do you want to play it like you want to be in it because you know it's so I think at this point I, I'm just having trouble understanding everyone is on we're all hooked up you know we're, we have our cable modems we got DSL we're all hooked up what is it that that's happening between our system and the and the server bounce or wherever the signal's going like that we can't get we can't get a full game running right i don't get well, it well i'm i'm confused by bungie basically halo made major league gaming halo was the creator of major league gaming right of of pro player gaming okay i don't care what anyone else says i don't care if you watch hearthstone or fucking league of legends or dota halo was the original professional game okay yet bungie the creator of halo um makes this shitty ass pvp experience um from halo i mean halo was halo and now you would think destiny pvp would be just as good as halo was but they're having so many issues with the pvp and they're not taking it seriously for the pro for the competition wise of pvp hence why they put trials in but now here we are trials is being delayed okay and I love the fact that they put in the Bungie weekly update. It's not delayed because of the Titans. It's delayed because of the Nighthawk, class, the Night Stalker class of hunters. Okay, um, the, there's a, mo a lot more broke Destiny, with Destiny uh, Bungie than just the Night Stalker class in PvP. There's a lot of stuff they have to fix. What do you guys think about them delaying trials now 
Um, I think it's a good thing, personally, bravo Bungie for actually going, hey, you know what, something's broke here, let's not release it and hold it back. Is it, is it, wait, a quick question, is it, do you think it's a graphics thing? Do you think maybe there's too much going on with the supers and what you're able to do graphically in the game they that need dedicated causes servers. the lag? They need dedicated you know I mean? servers. Like, with the six with six on six, it gets a little crazy, but with three on three, it runs a little bit better and you're still able to do, the. it's playable, but... The part that breaks it in trials is the actual equipment, not because of the fact that the game doesn't run white. It's it's because of the weapons involved and the bonuses that cause the uh, one-sidedness. Whereas no. in the six versus six, do you think that's the way it is? No. Or it's not graphics. It's not graphics no. that is slowing it down. No, because you'd never have a good game. Right. So like the fact that you have really good games where everything runs smoothly and works well, there's no latency, there's no lag, there's supers going off, there's rockets, there's grenades, and nothing everything runs well. I think that's a testament to the fact that it's it's all dependent on the fact that we are using the same outdated peer-to-peer -peer, stupid boneheaded net code because these companies will not shell out the bucks for dedicated servers. They have that's the money. What it comes down to. They have the money. Call of Duty did the same crap and it doesn't work and everybody gets frustrated and then they make they make bigger profit margins cuz we buy the games anyway. My theory <laughs> at this point is that when this game got delayed, I, I want to go back and watch all the original press because I was when when PvP was such a big piece of the game when it launched, I was sort of shocked. I was like, wait, what? Why? Right. Like this was not in any of the any of the stuff I watched that got me excited about Destiny. I think when this game got delayed 2013 to 2014, I think Activision said you need to add PvP because they wanted to they wanted to pull in. I think they saw a ripe harvest of halo gamers and people that like that pvp environment that would also then buy the game and i think it's a dead horse that's just being drug along by the game i i still i still say this game has a split identity because they're oh they're gonna nerf sunbreaker now great awesome my, my one of the most fun things you can do in the game right in pve and it just is so exciting to get to use is now going to get affected why well because it, it breaks it breaks pvp and it's just like this has been the problem since since day one, PvP is holding the game back because it's not within the identity of what the game was originally intended to be, which was as a massive online RPG you could play with your friends and go kill bosses and go on these missions and level your character up and find gear. That does not jive well with PvP. PvP now, always gets broken I, down I into... Like, I like that. I like that theory a lot. I do like you, that theory do you a think lot. They could, do you think it's too much of a pain in the ass if they did something sort of like, okay, real quick, let's go back to the microtransaction real quick. Let's say you buy a gun, right, for... 200 silver okay but you can use it in pve but it can't be used in pvp do you think that would be a horrendous thing for them on the back end to do as far as when they nerf something it nerfs it in pvp and doesn't nerf it in pve well a lot of people have said they need to do that the problem with that is you sort of defeat the whole purpose of having a game with these two pieces interacting with one another like oh I go get this gear and level my guardian up and then I get to go into the iron banner and use my guns like I've heard the raid pulse is shredding I predicted that it would and that was you, my you, that was my concern when I said it on your show as well that that the raid weapons would just shred people yeah, because you, there's so much higher light level, and so. But what that does then is, if you if you if you continue to spread that chasm between the two, because there's already a chasm there of like the actual communities and the engagement levels, and if you then say, oh, also 
a lot of your gear is going to be completely different depending on where you are. I think that just hurts the meta of the game. It's just like it starts to feel very compartmentalized and broken up. And but but it's almost necessary, right? Because if not, you're just going to keep ticking people off in PVE, like when they Suros regime. Like I'm always going to be mad about that because right. I finally got one and then they nerfed, they nerfed it. it. So it's like, yep. well, now this gun that I got leveled up and like so much is worthless. Thank you so much because it's so it's too strong in PVP content. I don't play that much i i honestly think that that this is not going to go away and it's unfortunate because it's just a big black eye on the game so it's like instead of now in the in sort of the wake of the taken king instead of talking about like ooh, are you going to add anything cool to the court are you going to have any more of these mystery black spindle <clears throat> missions no we're talking about a bunch of crap in the game that doesn't work right because it's a, a pvp is this this big i don't even know it's like a it's like a growth on the game it's like just cut it i've I've said cut it off like just ignore it and stop (laughs) doing stuff with it leave it but they're not going to do that because there's too many big twitch streamers that get tons of exposure and viewership for the game because of pvp so it's not going away but i think it needs so what about if you think if they did it this way where sort of like a custom well they would have to have dedicated servers first off but what about they had custom made matches where hey you can only use uh, auto rifles this this match, or you can only use, you know, these certain type of weapons where they don't have to nerf them. They just they give you a assortment of weapons that you can use in PvP. You know what I mean? So they're not nerfed; they're the same, but everyone has to use the same ten weapons or something like that. I, I think it's wasting time. You're 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 trying to create more stuff and no no and no. I'm not trying to create anything. I'm no no to... no. I'm saying that you're saying there's a there's a pool of weapons that we're gonna choose from when we go to PVP. Well, I'm trying like, to do a quick fix basically. No, there is no quick fix for PVP. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to do a quick fix, uh, just ideas of what they could do. You know what I mean? As far as hey, you can use any of these weapons, but these uh, of these choice weapons, these twenty weapons is the only weapons that you can use in PVP. You can't use the ones that you get from the raid. You can't use the one. You know what I mean? Some, something like that. I've I've said that before that I think they need preset weapons, especially when you get hyper competitive, because that that's why trials became such a joke. It's just like that all those nine and O's those got got. It's like nobody's impressed. Like you 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 know you went nine and O with better gear than right. everybody else. Like, like that didn't have it, and you played with players that were far and away better than everybody else that you played. I went eight and one with a guy who it's was like, like playing one a of pickup better- game with Michael Jordan. Right. Yeah, it was just boring. I was like, "We're this is this isn't exciting. We're like picking on kids," is what it felt like. And i I think uh, I think an easy I, I think an easy solution and something that would be kind of cool that wouldn't take away from the you know the 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 meta of the game is let's say for this week that it's a Suros week, and so when you go to play, it's all Suros weapons. That's the only guns you can use. So if somebody shreds you with the Suros auto rifle, guess what? You can pick that gun too. It's like it's their preset weapons. What about if and you were the, the end- unlucky one that didn't get a Suros weapon? Well, no, no, no. You you don't have to because it's a Soros oh, week. When I got you go you. into PvP. It's preset weapons everybody can choose from. And then at the end of that week, depending on how well you did, how many bounties you did, and everything else, you then get to pick some type of Soros weapon that's just awesome or really cool that then can be used, you know, in both in both games or maybe just in PvP, just really good PvP weapons. And that's always going to create that the rich get richer, right? The people who did better then can right. pick the better weapons or whatever. But I think that would be an easy way. 
to have that 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 reward element of the weapons and the gear matter, but have it be more linked to like the theme of the manufacturers because the hockey weapons, like a whole week of people using those, that'd be awesome. They sound cool. They're kind of like Call of Duty guns, like they look neat. But then like a whole week of Amelon, like I just I don't know. I think that would be far more exciting. I like it. I like you, it. And it would also level the playing you, field. You 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 doing good? Hey, no, hey. You you that's a good idea. You that's a good idea. I like guy, that a lot. This guy over here. This guy over guy's here. got the Look brains over guy. here. This guy, unbelievable. Nah, I think that's Just actually. Are... I think that's a great idea. So when is so Bungie? When are you going to put him on the payroll? Right? Because that's <laughs> that that right there is a fantastic idea. Tell me, Amber. I think that would solve two problems. It I think would. it would make it, would, it alluring. Absolutely. It would alluring to the guys that don't play PvP. It would make it far more fair. But then the guys who are really good at PvP would get that reward of being awesome. Like there are guys that are incredible at PvP, and I think they well, need a context you. and I a really place to play. And shred. <laughs> they need a context <laughs> and a place to shred, but they all seem to be rewarded for what they get. Yeah, swords only week would be awesome. That would be awesome. Fist. <laughs> how about so fists how about just. Yet. How Goodness. about the hilt only? You can't get the sword. It's the hilt. Everyone just runs around with the hilt, killing your human. It's like that was like uh, in Goldeneye. What was that? Slappers. Or yeah, whatever they the call slappers. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh man, I, I have another topic to bring up, and I totally forgot about it now. Um, I'll throw one out there. Yeah, go I'll ahead. One go ahead. There. Yeah, here, um, this goes along with what he's talking about. I want a hidden strike, a discoverable strike that you reach a certain level, do a certain thing, and then get it. Now, here's the best part about it: when you find it. You can't really do it right away. You want to, but you need a fire team. So you have to talk to your buddies like, listen, dude, I did this, this, and this. You need to get this hidden strike so we can do the hidden strike. That's what I would like to see. I would like to see a hidden strike. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. It actually bursted it right back in my head. What do you think, because of the, the Court of Oryx, right, is the only public event you should be doing, right? You shouldn't even be wasting your time with the other public events on Earth unless you have a quest that says, you know, hey, go get this public event. Other than that, there's no relevance for the old public events on any of the planets, okay? Because the gear that you get dropped there or the motes of light or whatever the strange coin that you get is not even worth your time, even waiting uh, on publicdestinyevents.com, you know, uh, knowing where it's going to land. There's no point to do them. There's absolutely no point. So how do you think um, – I have my answer, but I'll let you guys go first. How do you think that – Bungie can fix this to make them relevant again. Same with the raids. There's no reason to go into the raids to get the old gear for Vault of Glass. They need to make them relevant again. So go ahead, Sarge, Lono. Mm. Mm. I like this. I like this position. I like this position. Um, I, I think that it, it, it's not difficult to want to go back to those raids, but I think what, it, what the problem is that the new influx of people that came back because of taking King are still, you have to remember that you're a hardcore gamer, you've already done it. Now those people have still haven't even done those raids because they just got the game or going through it again. Remember, there are people that never did the raid ever. Yeah, but they don't need to. Ever. They don't need to. No, I know that, but it's 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 need to meaning that because you're looking for gear for a number. But we're talking about doing the raid because it was hilariously fun and figuring out the mechanics and getting through it. Okay, that's the way I look at it. You're looking at it as a, as a number and a, and a gun. There's no reason for me to do it because the gun and the armor are outdated. Yeah, your experience okay? is great, but you can finish the story without okay, doing the Vault so of Glass. We can't, we can't up the gun and armor to want to be able to use the set of armor now? We can't do that? No, that's that's, that's a big, huge that's, problem. I said that way back when, when they, when they said you can't that, take gear one. Really that, is that really that difficult? Really? Like, is that going to well, break the game? It's not. I don't necessarily know if those guns would break the game, but I think what ends up happening is, is you you de-incentivize the new content. So if a Fatebringer is better than 
than the guns I can get in the new raid, you de-incentivize me wanting to go for it. So you have to. We've talked about the carrot before, right? Like there's got to be that. Well, this is better. This is this is this is you know higher in in impact or damage or whatever. It's going to help me with the the hard raid that's coming. You know, at the end of the month. But I I think what they could do with the old raids is put moldering shards in them because then what you're going to do is you're going to have guys like me think, hmm, if I run the raids. You know, the Vault of Glass three times and Crota three times, and I boost up my shards. Now I can go run the new raid and have that, like, ooh, I'm going to get extra stuff from Oryx. May, or if not moldering shards, you could add something similar to, like, the stuff that drops and gives you rep with Banshee. Um, I think we need an NPC that is this sort of like overseeing the raids. I think Varix might work maybe because he's right. kind of this weirdo that like knows all this stuff and sends you into the prison. So then you could maybe find stuff in Vault of Glass or Crota that you then hand into Varix for some type of, um, I don't know, raid rank. Like you've run the raid so many times and then that's going to let you get shaders and emblems. So you're like this raid expert. Just maybe little things like that. I don't know, but like they could definitely, I actually said in, in, in my one of my videos where I said that the raid is the best content, all the mechanics, they could take out sections of the raids, l- ramp up the difficulty, maybe add a few more mechanics and make them strikes. Because I think if strikes had some of that synergy and timing and cooperation that you need in the raid, it would make the strikes far more engrossing and exciting because you can play most of the strikes, even the new ones, you can play them without a mic because it's just kill everything and don't die. Right. But the mechanics of the raid, that's why it's so exciting. Golgoroth's my favorite because everything has to work in perfect synergy and timing and when it happens, it's this, just, it's this thing of beauty that six people are just working in perfect timing. Like when we had the one where nobody died... I mean, that's amazing. Like, that's exciting. That's far more exciting than, like, well, we killed the Shield Brothers for the 10th time. So I think that was another thing they could do with the raids. If they don't send us back through, pull out pieces for, you know, strikes. I'll add something to that. Why not have it to be where we play the old raids and finally with the Moldering Shard, there's, an, there's a way for a drop to happen where you can put a flavor on a primary gun. As a prize. You've said this right? before. I, I like your right? idea about putting flavors on guns. Like, like, but it's rare. It's a rare drop. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people, are, people spend the time. They get the three of coins, whatever boosters you want. You have to find out what <laughs> boss inside the raid, the old raid, gives it to them. But like, and it's random. A, it's there's, random. There's a random drop, and it drops yeah. a flavor that you can add to a primary. When you say flavor, are you meaning element? Yeah, or are you Ele- meaning yeah, yeah, he's, he's talking about he's talking about like uh, yeah. arc or void, so, void, yeah, void arc or solar. You know, like as as a way to help you with the newer raid. Right. Because- I I would I would only push back on that because probably they have a lot of balance built into the fact that we don't have elemental primaries yet. So that makes nightfalls and parts of the new raid adequately challenging, and that might throw the balance off. So I would say your idea would work really well, well also with like a per- like a perk. So you could say, I don't like this perk. I want to. I want to. I want to not roll, but I want to. I want to change this perk to Firefly. Like you get Firefly as a perk that you can apply to the scout rifle that you want and knock off the perk that stinks. Like you might. You might get your health back if you're low and you get a kill. Like that one. Whatever that one's called. I think after. I think what's going to happen maybe is after they release hard mode. I think some of the primaries will come with flavors. I think that'll be it because the, because the, the 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 strength and difficulty of the strikes and the raid will be at a level where you're going to need that extra damage. You're going to need to have the right gun at the right time. Uh, you're going to have to run boy weapons. I'm going to have to run arc weapons. So we get to that point in the game. It's your job to hit the ads, or it's your job to go after those guys. I I, I just missed it a little bit. Like it, it, there was reasons to have it in the old raids that yeah. you have to have a flavor. 
it, it gave you the edge because it would yeah. take three guys to take down one of the one of the ultras. Whereas if I have a flavor, now we're down only taking only using two guys to take him down. Where the other guy who's available now can go do something else. Right. Yeah. Well, when I said that, I said it does feel a little strange to be playing a raid that is far and away more challenging than the other two and to not be getting primaries with an element because it's like, well, I'm getting guns that aren't, they don't feel as good as a vision of confluence. So it's like, why, you know what I mean? I should be getting a scout rifle that feels better than a vision of confluence because it has that ability. I loved running nightfalls when I, or, or not nightfalls, but like a really hard strike when I had solar arc void, like every, so I just knew what to switch to depending on the shields. I thought that was awesome. Not being able to do that right now is only adequately frustrating. If we start getting them before, cause you're saying, Oh, well the hard mode is going to start dropping it. Well, my question is then, so you're going to have to then grind through hard mode to get guns that'll then make hard mode easier. That's going to feel weird too. Like I, you, you hope yeah, max, max light well, just levels, like, just like the raid guns that you have help you get through the raid better. It's the you're same. Right. Thing. No. Yeah, you're right. Same, Good point. Same kind of, it's the same kind of thing. Except now you have a flavor instead of it being the gun that does it. Right. But I see you, in the beginning, you were running some kind of snipe, uh, a scout rifle. And I noticed you were running a Suros, the, the one with the dragon on the side. And then as you did the raids more and more, you switched over to the raid scout rifle and then the, some other raid uh, machine gun, I think, is what you were using. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind of like it, it, it's not like uh, I own and then I can't kill him. It's just that I can kill him a little faster. That's basically yeah. – that should be the difference. It shouldn't be like you're Jesus because I've got the purple scout rifle from the raid. It's more along the lines of it just makes it more efficient for me to get through the raid. So the more people that have it, the more streamlined, the better times we can get if we're going for times, right? Because that's right. really what it is when you get when you get down to it, and you guys can click. I like what know. Fist said in the chat, right? It's like a it's like a consumable, right? You find it, you pop it, you get it for ten minutes, like a solar burn or like an arc burn mm-hmm. for a gun like that. That's a, that's a very good uh, that's a good you, idea. You, you sir, Fist. you, 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 oh, yeah. good, you. That's good solid. One. I like that. So one. so here's my input on the old raids, I and and even the public events. One, they need to make public events, patrols, patrol areas, higher level, right? So the public events that happen on those higher level patrols, okay, drop certain gear and makes people do it. I don't care what it is. If it's even legendary gear that you can break down to help you other gear to get through, um, they need to do something like that. They need to make a patrol where it's higher level, maybe even six-man patrols, okay, Make it even more interesting. And then for the raids, they need to raise those levels up and give you raid gear, okay, that maybe, uh, I don't want to say Fatebringer 2.0, but maybe there's certain gear that you get for running level 41 Volta Glass, okay, because they're adding more content, but they're making less content because when they release the new DLC, basically the old, old stuff is obsolete. Who, who here in chat... Or three of us have played Prison of Elders any time recently. Okay? Who here has gone through Vault of Glass just to go through it besides going back through the certain missions that you do? So I, I believe they need to make Crota. They need to make Vault of Glass level 41, level 42. I don't care if they make them insanely hard. Okay? Where maybe you have to run the new raid to get the gear to run the, the old raids to go through them. Something. They need to do something. I don't even care if they give us the same... I don't want to say the same gear that drops in the new raid, but they need to give us some sort of weapons mm-hmm. in the old raids that help you get your light level up to help I, you progress yeah. forward. Because I they're just not, are you are you, are you really cool? 
are Go you ahead. missing are you missing doing Fogoth? Remember how hard Fogoth used to be? Who? Like I, there's no reason to do who? Fogoth anymore. I, it, I, I, I don't even know strikes. who that is. Who, who's that? Fogoth, Fogoth? Fogoth's the hive strike on the moon. Who? It's Oh, you're talking about yeah. that that Remember guy? How hard yeah. that well, was at least he's chained up. <laughs> right. Like that that to me was like one of the hardest strikes in the game. At at one point it was like so insane to figure out the timing of when those wizards come out. And it that's one of the things you were talking about before. Where it is kind of a mechanics in that where you know after the third ship comes in, these wizards are popping out of this door. You've got to get them. You've got to get them quick, otherwise we're gonna go down. Right? Like I miss that strike. Like and we don't go back to it ever. Like we're only doing the strikes, the new ones. I don't mind don't I don't mind the new strikes. I think they're great, the flavors and the other ones in the hidden just, uh just stand. give us a little option where when you pick a, a mission, um, like they did. Do you, if you notice the new Taken King, when you highlight something, it just tells you that it's this level, right? It doesn't give you the option anymore of easy, medium, hard or anything like that anymore. I don't know why no. they took that away. Sorry, uh Lona, you said you had a good idea. So yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I've got I've got two two ideas. I think something that would be cool with with for the patrols I'll do second, but the the Vault of Glass one's like on my mind right now. What if you went back through Vault of Glass at at the harder difficulty and if you got a vision of confluence, it'd be a year two version, but the damage wouldn't be higher. It would be it would still be outdated. It'd be like, "Oh, it's not strong enough." But it would now be infusible and you could then infuse it into the scout rifle from the raid and make it solar. That'd now be awesome. that would be bomb. I would do that. I'd be like, give me a freaking vision. It's a year two vision. It's I can infuse it into my scout and make it a solar scout and then go into the hard raid. Like, oh man, that would be tight. That right there? Be, it's it's that gold, right, Jerry. Right, that, gold. That's, that's <laughs> it's gold. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. Uh, the, the, Another that would be amazing if they did that. Just that one gun. If they just put that one gun in there and you had to run it just for that one gun for a, a, a chance of it dropping, people would yeah. go back and do it. Or if you or if the or the fate bringer, but it had to be it had to match, right? If you'd have to, then that would then make that the the hand cannon from the the Oryx raid sucks right now. It's kind of like oh the reload's too slow, right? But if I could take a fate bringer, infuse it, and make it arc, suddenly that gun matters now. Like you can then because like and the shotgun too. Like the shotgun's just stupid from the from the Oryx raid. It's no good at all. But I think that that would be a way to breathe life into the old raids. Now patrols. This would, this would take some cosmetic, you know, beefing up of the game, but I think the factions, they don't matter right now all that much, but, like, a lot of people are like, well, oh, they really like Dead Orbit or they really like Future War Cult or whatever. Something that would be cool is if, maybe if for, like, a day, they, they, they could have another theme, right, another theme, so, like, Thursday or something is is Patrol Day, and if your faction is is taking over more of those those um patrols uh public events then flags are going up to represent that like on that <laughs> planet dead orbits dominating you know what i'm saying and so now there's this cool incentive to like go run patrols and you see all these dead orbit guys and you're like yeah let, you know let's let's team up or whatever and right and do these patrols that'd be kind of neat and it would get it would just add more flavor to the week like oh it's patrol day let's go let's go rep future war cold or whoever your favorite one is i think that'd be fun and then it wouldn't be too hard to put some flags up you know on the planets to show that no, who's right. winning no yeah we, we, we mentioned we mentioned something like that i think it was about three episodes ago sarge came up with the whole faction type of war thing on the on patrol when you just pick patrol you've you've opened yourself up to sort of like pvp uh type uh areas you know what i mean so if you're if you're dead oh, orbit yeah if you're dead fun. orbit right so and you would choose it wouldn't just be a regular patrol it would be like high-end patrol if you're on dead orbit, right, and someone from uh, New Monarchy comes along, you can fight each other, 
right? And then <laughs> it, it, it keeps track. It keeps track of who's winning. Okay. So at the end of the week, if there's dead one orbit, planet. let's say one on one planet, right? So let's say dead orbit wins majority of Cosmodrome. Okay. Well, when you go back to the tower, you get like a bonus. Okay, for that for the, for, for the next week until the next faction wins. Okay, yeah. just something interesting like that. I mean, it would blow people away, right? Because you would now people that would just just fight PvP in the in PvP would come in and just do patrols and just try to own the territory. Do you know what I mean? It'd be aw- it'd be awesome. You could just do you could just do emblems like it could just be a dead orbit emblem with Earth in the background to show dead orbit one Earth. Right. And then maybe put like a number on it so we know what week or something like that. Like, oh man! Now we we got this from because we used to be huge Star Wars Galaxy fans back in the day. Okay, and that's what happened uh, back in the day on that uh, MMO where if you were Imperials and you won the battles and took over bases, certain cities when you went into would be patrolled by that faction. Okay, and then next week you might come in, the rebels might take it, and you might have different buffs, or you might walk around and not get shot because you're cool to be there. Okay. They need to put something like that into Destiny. Now, I know it's not part of the lore, like, you know, Dead Orbit's not a feud with Future War Cult. It's more like political, like, I'm Future War Cult, I'm Dead Orbit. I say screw that. We're all enemies uh, in the patrol area because we're all trying to fend for the last place on Earth or something. You know what I mean? Like, control yeah. the last place on Earth. I mean, my idea could work within <clears throat> could work within the lore because you could have somebody an NPC say we want to see who you know who's actually having the most influence over this you know this war or whatever and let's see who can do the best on these patrol missions to stop the fallen from extracting glimmer or something like that right. and so if dead orbit had the best showing then that would be like you're you know you are winning the cause for you know for whatever the light i don't even know what the the right. the, the narrative right now is kind of lost cuz the vanilla narrative is not nearly as strong and as as clear as the taken king narrative so but that would be cool now now here's the perfect thing because you can only pick one faction now Okay, and you have to keep it for a week. At the end of that week, let's say I'm part of Dead Orbit, you're not part of Dead Orbit, but but Dead Orbit's winning. Okay, when you, all of a sudden you're like, "Well, I got to switch," and you switch, it doesn't count right instantly. You got to wait, right? So let's say you go over to Dead Orbit, it wouldn't count to the following week, and you have to make sure your your uh, your faction wins again, so you would get the perks. And all it would do is give you like I don't know extra XP. As extra experience as you play all week, it's sort of like the Nightfall or something did, you know, something like that. I, I it, you guys are right on the money. What it, what it's supposed to be is like, for instance, the, whatever areas have the events that happen, right? So two factions are on a planet; they can't shoot each other just willy nilly. But once the event starts, okay, wherever the event is going to start, once the event starts, it opens it up to PvP. So now you're fighting the NPCs as well as trying to kill whatever you need to kill in order to score the points to win that victory for that for that for that uh, event. Right, so basically, you'd have people landing on planets and then rushing. It's basically almost like a race. You'd be rushing to the point where, because you look up your uh, next destiny timer thing, this is the next spot we're going. And faction wars are on, and then I go to the spot, and now when you get there, you know everyone's going to be waiting there, and so everyone's all juiced up and waiting. They got their best gear on, and as soon as right. the event starts, now it's all hell. All hell breaks loose because we got to kill the thing. You're stealing kills. You're trying to kill each other. You know, I think it would be ma- it would be make for a little a, a great anarchy three four minutes just like yeah. any other battle is yeah i think that would be awesome completely well, this awesome is, <clears throat> this is right in line with what i said a long time ago to save pvp i think they need to meld it with pve and have 
And because I think what that does is just imagine right now the influence Sunbreaker has in PvP. The influence of that super is is thinned out quite a bit in a big event like that because you're going to want to save it for maybe you know during this battle against both real players and, and NPCs that you're going to need that super for some ad control. You're not going to want to use it on a couple of a couple of guardians. You're going to want to save it. Same thing when the Galahorn or the Thorn were so influential. Not so much when all this crap's going on and you know ships are flying in and different things are happening. PVE and PVP coming together, I think, would naturally balance some of the imbalances yeah. with supers in certain guns. Now, I have two words to sort of sour this brilliant idea we've come up with that'll make it not happen currently. The two words are old gen. The oh, old yeah. gen yeah, systems yeah, yeah, yeah. could not manage any of the stuff we're talking okay. about. Okay. Oh, all right. We're dreamers. We're dreamers <laughs> right now. Crush, we're dreamers. Way to crush our don't, dreams don't there. Don't crush the dream. Jesus. Don't crush the dream. But I think right? most of what we've talked about could be implemented in in the the constraints the game currently has yeah. and then maybe set the set the ground level for Destiny 2 to like really blow up the ideas and make them bigger and more grand or to influence people to switch to next gen they could be like that this this DLC it only happens in, right. It only happens in on the new quarter. Is it only happens on next gen? Yeah. Uh, well, think how, think how great it would be for uh, an event to start, and then in the middle of it, because you're trying to stop them from killing the guy that you need to kill. Yeah. That Titans are using their bubbles to protect the enemy. It, you put a oh. bubble up it, to put the enemy inside the bubble, so they can't kill it. So you're inside meleeing it, or you're shotgunning it, and they can't get to him. Yeah, like, man. And, crazy. And obviously, have all this. Obviously, the the the. Uh, the NPCs would still be a part of this this faction wars on the planets while you're while you're all fighting, because um, because I'm Batman eighty three, yeah they do talk a lot of shit right but if you think about it, like I said they're political parties right it's sort of like Democrats and Republicans they talk a lot of shit with each other but they don't go to war okay because we're on the same we're in the same plane but if you were let's say uh, Russia and the United States we talk shit to each other and then we can start a world war that's what that would be if if we. Uh, jumped on the trash talking of new monarchy you, you understand what i'm saying so right now yeah. it's just two political parties you want, and they talk i'm gonna stick a dynamite to this giant explosion we just made right <laughs> so the winner the winner of the planet okay the winner the faction that wins the planet gets to go on the hidden strike and to see if they can do it so it's like a mini raid and that faction has a chance to do that mini raid and succeed or not. And if they do, then this tower can start talking. Uh, like Dead right. Orbit was able right. to defeat the right. such and such on Venus. Step up your Thus, game, new monarchy. Dead right, Orbit did just, it. Right. Just, you know, and then you get your bonus, right? So right. you earn, earn the planet, go on the special raid. And if, if the number of people who go through it actually succeed and don't die, they count wins and losses. Right. And th then you get the bonus for the week, whatever gun you get or whatever. Uh, yeah. if, you get, like you said before, a temporary bonus to maybe a flavor on a gun or whatever. And then I want my Halo back. I want my badass Halo back for doing whatever the, hard the nightfall, whatever yeah. else. Yeah, nightfall. To, to say that I've so, done something. So perfect, perfect topic uh, going right into the nightfall, right? Has anyone yeah. run the nightfall lately? Because the nightfall is pointless now. You don't get any good drops. I, yeah. I I've done it three times. I haven't even gotten a legendary. Okay. I, yeah, I've gotten I got a three ten hereafter, out of probably. Wow, really a three ten? Yeah, th that's that's out of maybe six or seven nightfalls. The rest of them nothing, and the way they're setting some of them up, I feel especially the saber strike 
there's just some of these areas don't feel like they're built or play tested for some of the burns and some of the damage output that's happening. And so I feel like nightfalls are not only not that rewarding, I feel like they're kind of sloppy. I don't feel like they're working, they're working right. And they're, they're saying they're acknowledging the lack of reward The the problem I think also is that I don't know if some of these missions were play tested for what they're adding with respect to burns and the challenges. People are like, oh, it's supposed to be hard, and I'm like, it's harder than the raid, right? And I don't think that that's that, <laughs> it shouldn't take me two hours to do a nightfall. Precisely, right. I don't think that's I don't think that's the challenge level that this is meant to be. Even if it's really rewarding, I still don't think it should be harder than the raid. That seems very right. lopsided to a, me. A regular mission, if you just run it, takes about fifteen twenty minutes. If you if if whatever, a nightfall should be double that, maybe like 35, 40 minutes tops, right? When you was it two weeks ago when they did the saber strike and we couldn't get past when you said it was broke when they were coming the drop ships were coming in it literally yeah. took me and two other guys good friends of mine dread and lord many we did it we died like 15 times it took us like an hour and 10 minutes and we never even got past the first part because by that time we're like hey, you know what let's just it's not worth it it's not worth the time oh. so uh they need to fix that i mean they absolutely sarge you have any anything uh, as far as the nightfalls go have you tried to run them uh, a, a few times, yes, but once again, the cookie isn't worth the the time. Right, right. That's that's what it comes down to. You you have to the time has to equal uh, the reward. So if I'm going to spend that much time on something and get pissed about it, and I'm actually trying to go through it, there's a reason to do so. Right. If right. it's just because, then no. Now I'm sure many people know that today's daily is the Black Spindle mission. Um, so we're going to be running that after this show. Um. Because I don't have it yet, and I need it, and I'm pretty, and I'm 291 now, so I think I can actually do it. So, um, so if those of you that didn't know that, go get the black spindle tonight. Any other topics, you gentlemen, uh, that th- think we missed? Anyone in the chat? Man, I really like that. I really like that faction war thing a lot. I love that faction war thing. It'll never happen. I love that. I, that that's. I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on this because we talked about it a little bit on the on the sovereign the sovereign podcast, and I think Sarge will have thoughts on it because he's talked about them removing the ability to like re-roll guns. I read an article that was basically saying they still haven't gotten the raid gear right, and I actually happen to think that the the raid gear is perfect the oh. way they're doing it, in that the the damage and defense ratings are random as well as the perks. So you've always got a reason to come back. Like if you get a scout rifle up to 310, it may not have the perks that you like. So you keep playing, keep playing, and finally find the one with the perks you like. And now you you know, you know infuse it up to 310. So I'm just kind of curious what if you guys think that that is um, – I think it's obviously better than what it was before where you're playing and playing, playing. Oh, I got my chess piece. I'm done. Um, and so – because your perks, your perks are random on your – um. I believe they're random on the uh, on the armor as well, like your intellect and discipline. That stuff, the, those stat rolls can be random too. So I'm just curious what you guys think if that's the uh, the way it should be, or if or if it's frustrating or did, not right. I'm just curious what you guys think. Did you see um, that you can actually re-roll exotics now? That they're coming out with. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw that. You can okay. re-roll exotics. Okay. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Sarge. Go first. The the, the the proper way of doing that is what they're doing now. It's like uh, I'm going to use the example of Borderlands 2. You farm a boss. You're looking for a specific gun, but the gun has certain perks on it. And then you know over time what perks you can get on the gun, which makes you go back and farm it more because you're going to talk. that Once again, it's a community. I'm going to tell you I got the gun from so-and-so. It has these perks. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah? Well, I got the gun from him, and it's got this perk. And I'm like, oh, really? 
I didn't know you can get that gun with that kind of perk on it. So now I'm going to go back and farm the boss again. That's about that's a Borderlands 2 mentality. I'm farming a boss for a reason for a specific set of guns as opposed to hoarding coins or hoarding motes of light, finding the gun I want and just spend all day re-rolling until I get those perks that I want. I like that version better. You're farming for purpose. I agree. I mean, I I really don't have much to add to that. I mean, I I agree 100% that it should be like the Borderlands mentality where you know, you keep doing the, you know, the, the shield brothers over and over to get this one drop. I don't think that's a bad way to do it. Um, so, Hey, you know, I would even go as far as to say that how you kill a boss causes a drop. I would, I would, I would do it that way because some people cheese a boss, right? You're going to have some kind of super cool gun. You're going to own them with, right? That's what everyone does. Cause you want to get through it as fast as possible. Cause you don't care. All right. you care about is the prize, right? Well, how about, how about the fact that maybe if I use handguns on him, and I don't use rocket launcher. I don't use if I don't use any heavy, and I beat him without heavy. Then there's a yeah. way to drop a gun. It, it drops a specific gun. But once again, that would be something that you learn over time and communicate with your friends. Hey, listen, I didn't use heavy on on the shield brothers, and I got this cool handgun I've never seen before. You know, something like that. Right. Where it's, oh, it's a man, hidden, like it's that. a hidden, it's a hidden goal. Right. I like I like they have these in place. You've seen it. These hidden things are in here. And because you do certain things, it unlocks it. I think along those lines, that would also be something I would love to see. Because they that, that with, is... They need to do that with the raid, because with the raid, everybody's like, oh, you know you can do two, just one puddle method, one puddle on Golgoroth? I'm like, N- I don't want to. That's not right. how he's supposed to be played. If you use every puddle, you should get a, you should get a buff, like a luck buff. Like, you use like every that. puddle. The more puddles you use, right, you get this luck buff on him. And then maybe on the War Priest... Since that one's all about just DPS and quickness, if you kill him and there's one totem left, that totem you know adds adds a luck buff. <laughs> I think that they could do a lot with that. A- absolutely. How about how about after you complete the raid, when you go back to Zavala or whoever, whatever whoever guardian leader that you're part of, they tell you, well, if you kill him this way, you get this, or it's like a little mission. Go yeah. back to the raid. Go back to the raid and do this with them and see what you get. And then everyone's they like, do that with the, well, they could do what I you're talking get, about I, with the old raids. Yeah, there you go. Right. Man, we, we just solved, we, sh- we, we should just, just be we should be on the payroll. We should be on the payroll. Fifteen twenty minutes, man. I'm gonna <laughs> They're gonna watch us and just steal this all the ideas. That's fine. Here, yeah, copy copyrighted patent stuff. pending. How about that? Yeah, we'll we'll this mail this video this, to ourselves. This, it's gold, Jerry. Gold. This is fantastic. Now, what do you guys uh, think? These are easy fixes. You're easy. If you think about it, it doesn't have to change a lot of the mechanics of the game. It, you could just add to it. What do you guys feel about the three of coins? I don't really think they work very well. No, 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 no. It's it's fun. It's a fun thing to do because in the middle of a battle, you're like, oh, shit, I forgot to do the three of coins. Hang on a second. Yeah, but- you hide in a corner and you activate it. Listen, it's it's nice to get a piece of candy well, in the we- middle of some boss fight that you didn't know you were going to get. Yeah, but- and I also think that when it drops, especially an exotic, I think it should be uh, – what's his face? Um The guy from Family Guy. What, what's, what's that guy's name? Ooh, piece of candy. Everyone knows. What, oh. what is the guy's name? <laughs> oh, um, oh, what's his the, name? Talk about the old guy? No, no, they, he's an actor. They they made fun of him in Family Guy, and, he, and it's it's I can't remember his name. What is his name? I don't oh, know. It's gonna kill me. me. Killing the show. All right, so I'll get it. All right, so the, I I think the Three of Coins is sort of like if I didn't use it, I might get the same drop as I did using it. You know what I mean? Like you don't really yeah. see a difference when you don't get it and then pop another one. It's like James oh, you're Woods. I got it, James, James Woods. Woods. James your, your, your your chances go up. It doesn't seem that way. Um, and same with with the nightfall, right? 
Like you don't get any bonuses for the for the nightfall anymore. And Iron Banner, they say the buffs already included, but you don't see anything happening. And I don't really see myself going up any faster than I usually did. So there's these things they've implemented in the game, but you really don't see any kind of evidence that they work. Yeah, well, and I think it's clear, and I've talked about this before, that I think it, the exotics that drop from three of coins are clearly coming from a specific pool that is largely year two versions of year one weapons. Like, a, <clears throat> I got, well, in the Telesto, for some reason for me, like six or seven Telestos. Like, what? Um, but also, uh, Monte Carlo, um, Fourth Horseman, and then a bunch of armor pieces that were year two versions of year one. So and I, I think that's intentional. I don't think they want you getting a black spindle or a supercell. Um, I got the supercell. You did? I did. I got all hmm. my exotics. I, okay, so... That's surprising. Uh, my, my buddy Lord Many is like, oh, I just got the Gemini, or the Booyah Gemini, whatever, from, from this quest line or whatever he got it from. And I went, oh, I got that as a drop from the winter... Uh, uh, Scourge, Scourge of Winter. Winter. Okay. He's like, oh, well, I got this shotgun from the the Invictive from whatever. I was like, oh, I got that from the Scourge of Winter as well. I got I got the Supercell. I got the, the uh, I got my uh, sniper rifle. I got my, I got everything. All the exotic weapons I got and chest armor and helmets all from farming the Scourge of Winter. Hmm. I would like, I would like to see some bonuses for committing to a certain flavor. Like if you're going to play the new Warlock as a Arc, Arc Warlock, right? And then you spec out with arc weapons completely, and you're fully arc with your arc armor that does the reduced damage for arc. You get a bonus for committing to something like, and make it either harder, harder to survive a raid, or easier to survive a raid, or something along those lines. Something to give reasons why you want to build these armor sets, right? You know, something besides just throwing any armor on. As soon as you get the good perks, you're just throwing it on anyway. You want these perks for that. I like that also, by the way. I think there should be more of that and a reason to do so. Like the, a raid or a strike is set up to where if you spec out with this armor or this kind of set of armor with these perks, you will do better. Right. I The three of coins to me doesn't work. I've already gotten every single thing they've gotten for the for the hunter that can be given as an exotic. So to me, I don't think the three of coins is even worth using anymore um, because I got the Alpha Lupe chest plate, right? I got it six times. Um, oh, by the way, I'm a hunter, oh, and I got it for the Titan six times, um, and I got one one for the Warlock, and I got two for my hunter. Um, I've gotten the helmet, um, the knuckle, um, what's it called? The one that keeps your radar on, knuckle, knuckle, knuckle radar, whatever, whatever the hell it's called, um, with the sharpshooter eyepiece. Basically, I got that six times as well. So every time a helmet drops that I see, if I see a gold drop and I pick it up, it's a helmet. I already know what it is. If I see a chest plate, I already know what it is. So I just stop using threes of coins because it doesn't matter who I kill. It's the same drops no matter where, and I keep getting the same shit. Uh, here's 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 the evil added addition I'm going to add to that. We could just take strange coins since we're not using it for anything special anymore to get except to use strange coin for three of coin. Uh, and strange coin for a slot machine to win silver. Ooh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> knucklehead Ooh, radar. Uh, Thank evil you, fist. slot Thank machine you, fist. in the tower that you spend strange coins in order for a chance to get silver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would you know, put that would put gambling in the game since they said gambling was going to be in the game way back in like 2013, and it never was. Do you know it'd be cool if they put a character in the game of Destiny called uh, Moxie, and she was behind a bar, and there's a slot <laughs> machine next to her, and you could just keep pulling the. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's why they call me the yellow dart. <laughs> What's up, Kadix? Yeah, so I'm I'm out of topics. If you guys if you guys have anything left, uh, if not, I don't know. We were on fire there, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I 
save this video hardcore, man. That was a we were yeah. on a roll. That's some yeah, good that stuff. That was good. That was good. That's some yeah. good they, listen, there, there is not there's not a lot of stuff to change when you're talking about the mechanics that we're talking about. It's there are ways to keep people interested in replaying stuff that you know you don't want to, but you give them completionist right. and goals. they're not doing it. Yeah, and I liked. I really liked your idea about killing bosses in a certain way. I think they could do some more of that with the raid because I think I really still think the raid is the best content they've made, and it's. I think it's a shame that it gets broken down into LFG. You need two ninety five black spindle experience. I want to. They want to run it in forty five minutes. Like, and it's just like you take all the all the the glory out of it by doing that you just break it down into the mechanics so if they if they sort of breathe you know some life into it it's like no if you do if you do certain things a certain way and have a little bit more finesse and a little bit more strategy you're going to get better stuff or better drops i i think that um that would help the content that is my favorite you know part of the game which is i'm still amazed that that happened but i i just it is so so good I think it's a shame so many people can't get an LFG group because of the that mentality in the gaming community of like we just got to get it done, you know. Right. I, I never, I never, I never has the time. What's the end game? If you had, if listen, if you were leading me to get guns to go to an end game event, that would make sense. I want to rush this because I want the gun to get to where I'm going to go. And we've got no end game. There's no trials. There's no iron banana. There's no place to go with these special weapons that you win from the raid to go brag about them. Because the, the the areas that we need to go to for the end game portion of it are broken, okay. So make make the fun about it is getting that weapon. This is a, like a, mar, a badge of honor. That's how it's supposed to be. Like we're gonna do the raid for a reason. We're, I want this gun. I'm in there for this gun. You can hear some of these guys talk when they run the raid with you. They're like, oh yeah, man, I got the shotgun that I wanted. Meanwhile, half the stream is like that gun's garbage. He doesn't care. I want that shotgun. I'm running this raid for that shotgun, and I got it. Like that's the way it should be in your mind. You're not trying to. to uh, we got we got to run through this. Listen, once again, it's almost the same as you saying before from the old raids, where if you don't have um, uh, Gallahorn, you're out. Gallahorn. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. It's 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 almost kind of that mentality, but you're talking about speed as opposed to weapon. Like, well, if we can't do this, then uh, we're going to do something else. It, it, once again, fun factor. It's supposed to be fun, and I think a completionist mentality is not just because you want to get every detail done, but there's a point to do it that way. I get a special weapon, I get a special buff, I get some special armor. If if you discover it, if it's a secret, it could be a secret. Maybe have some things in game, hidden stuff like there's hidden fragments, whatever else that give you clues to how you should beat a boss. Just anything, anything can be placed someplace that gives you a reason to do something in order to complete something else. <laughs> That's what questing is. Okay. That's what questing is. Give me something to do. Let me find, like, I, once again, I'll say it again. The quest for the stimulant, the sleeper stimulant, I think is one of their best attempts as a long play questing line. And how you had to figure out that the way those guys spawned in was part if, of the code. If you were like, one of those people that, that tried to figure it out, yeah, well, why else? Did. You know, right? But that's what I'm saying. That's their best attempt at trying to do a quest in game with, with the mechanics that they have. That I, I think that was very creative, and they need to go. They need to think on more of those kind of lines where yeah. we're going to drop a quest in. You guys have to figure it out. And it leads to it leads to a prize or it leads to something else. That's the way the game should be done. I, I I enjoy all the hidden stuff that's happening. The black spindle mission. The fact that you know Cade is coming out with some hidden weapon caches that you, whether or not it's this DLC or the next one, but you know they're there. He's talked about it too much for them not to be there. You don't yeah. mention four. You don't mention four suits of cards. He talks about it up your ear, and then I can only get into one secret <laughs> room. And meanwhile, we have found two other secret rooms. We can see inside the damn vent. 
and we just can't get in there because it doesn't allow us yet. But we know, we know yeah, there's... that the next DLC, something's going to unlock, and you can get into that room. We know this. All right, yeah. we'll even, I, I will swear to it. That How do you, real quick as a, as a topic, I, this, real quick, real quick. Them unlocking stuff time-sensitive-wise, as far as, not like the Black Spindle where it comes like once a week, but stuff like this, like we found the vent, we know you can go in that vent, but we can't go in there yet because they don't allow us to. Do you like that or you don't like that? I mean, it's, I don't like it, but I guess I understand why. Like, I understand they've got it. They have to space out their content because of the nature of how people play games. If you don't put those time gates there, I mean, in a week, everybody's like, yeah, I'm done. I did everything. I I played for, you know, 37 hours straight and I I did every single thing that's that's able to do in the game and there's nothing left for me to do. So I understand why they do it. It is frustrating. I didn't like that with the, the exotic thing that you could do in the prison. You had to like wait for Varix to summon you. And it's like, well, if this is my day, to play right and you got i gotta wait 72 hours like so they need to be thoughtful about that i mean i what what we were just talking about with like the secrets and stuff i think that they're on to it i think something to keep people from being able to just go to youtube or get people to tell them how to do it would be to have it maybe be more random like you know that the number of the, the, the way they spawn in is your code but the, the way they come in is random so you right. can't just watch a guide i think that'd be an easy way Fist had a great idea. If you do a certain task in a certain way in the raid, you get to run it another three times for rewards. They need to implement something like that. That'd be awesome to be able to, you know, to rerun it. Or Kadex says, you know, there's a fragment on the boss. And if right. you kill him in a certain way, it knocks it off of him and you get that fragment. So, yeah, I think there's there's plenty of, of potential there. And the, the timed thing... It's frustrating. You know, I've run the raid 30-some times and there, I've what out of i think 12 12 times out of those I, I actually pulled for gear so that'd be cool if they did something there too like you hit a certain percentage and maybe the percentages of chances of drops happen i mean i still get like runes and stuff but that'd be it'd be cool to reward that commitment to a certain you know part of the game okay oh, so much so much it's hidden it's so much potential <laughs> So much potential, and I miss Vision of Confluence so badly. Yeah, oh, so yeah. badly. I miss, I miss that game. I still have it, though. I, I look at it and yeah, dream about I it every day. I, yeah. I refuse to break down yeah. any of my my vault raid or weapon? stuff. No, no way. I got raid no armor, way. raid. Yeah, Those are raid trophies. Weapons. They're Those coming back. Trophies. They're going to make a comeback. I know they are. All right. So that'll that'll be. We're coming down to the end of the show. So um, go ahead and uh, plug yourself there. Uh, say no to rage. Yeah, I mean, the best place to find me is on Twitch, twitch.tv slash rage. If you Google rage, you'll find all my stuff. Uh, I am doing raid. I don't like to call them carries because you cannot get carried through this raid. I'm going to teach you how to run the raid. I'm pretty patient. I don't have a lot of rules. It's a minimum light level 278 working microphone Xbox One. That's it. I'm not the guy that wants you at 290 and experience and everything else. So uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. I'm pretty much, if I'm playing, that's what I'm doing. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'm usually running with my regs or my smooth crews. But then the rest of the week, if you come in, you can probably jump in on a raid team. You people have no idea. If you want to run through the raid and learn how to play this game, run with this man. And if you don't believe me, watch his videos of him running the raid with these people. This is the way a raid is supposed to be done. Take it from me. I haven't even been in there yet, and I'm already excited about running the raid with him. All right, so I got I got uh, Sano to Rage's schedule up on the on the screen there. So uh, oh sweet. <laughs> so check him out. Um, I think you have to update those times. 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. It should be like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. running raids. 
and, and you might as well such an ad. And, and you, you might as well addict. you might as well get rid of all those games on there and just put a giant destiny <laughs> on the on the page. But <laughs> but check it's him out. Be, this is it's his gonna be hard to let go. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to let go when those other games come out. Listen, you you found your niche. You love it to death, and you're gonna milk it. I love this. I love this race. All right, Sarge Sarge has nothing to to promote except his Twitter. His Twitter's right below his name. Hit him up at Sarge McCluskey. We're not arguing. Discussions, people. Discussions. And then uh, my thing is uh, the Star Wars Battlefront hype giveaway. This is the uh, little plug. To, to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is follow me on all my social media sites. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. Make sure you're following me on Twitch. Make sure you're following me on YouTube. Uh, it's all 30 and still gaming. Uh, do a Google search. Big Mama did one yesterday for me, and literally, I'm the first 630 things on Google. You can't miss me. Okay, I've cornered the market with 30 and still gaming. Um, so if you want more additional entries, uh, I see Sarge is doing it in chat. A couple other people are doing it. Um, it's 100 lurker coins. You get lurker coins by just being in my chat. You could fall asleep. You can go eat a TV dinner. You can go out to the bar. I don't care. You can just come into my chat and be a lurker, and you guys can get this guy's right here. The, uh, the uh, here's the Darth Vader Funko Pop. Okay, we got a we got a bunch of them to give away. Um, I'm not saying when I'm giving them away. It's going to be around the the actual Battlefront uh, launch. So uh, please hit me up. Uh, on all those things, and please spread the word. We'd love to have you guys. Otherwise, if no one if no one does the the things, I'll keep them all for myself because th- it was all paid for by donations from the people that came into my chat. So this is all uh, money thrown back into the stream and giving to you guys. So that's that's how I do it. All right. So there you go. Um, Once again, a pleasure to serve with you, sir. Yes, I yeah. I told my wife. I told my wife. She was like holding my son. I was like. It's like 30 and so gaming needs somebody. That's, can I go down? Tell I love to be on podcast. Tell, I, tell your I, wife I, I I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah. don't don't hate me. Don't, no, don't hate me. Thanks very much, Lona. I do appreciate it. It was my fault tonight. No, no, I love being on. I was. It's a pleasure to be here every time. So uh, thanks, guys, for for tuning in. I will be streaming at 11 o'clock. Well, 11 o'clock. It's 11.30 now. Give me like 10 minutes so I can go uh, get something to eat, and then I'll uh, be jumping on, and we're going to be doing the Black Spindle uh, daily today. All right? So uh, for everyone here, I appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, everyone in chat, thanks very much, and we'll see you uh, on the next one. Take care. Generation X Gaming.